BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Go for beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Friday Eve, yes it is. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, hanging out with you. Yes, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. What 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 is with the Cheshire Cat grin there, Gunner? What is you, going on? You uh, let me tell you something. You know why I'm laughing. You shouldn't even have asked me that question. There is one reason and one reason only why I'm on this show today. Yes, and yes. I don't even have to tell you what it is by your by your embarrassing look on your face and the redness of your face <sighs> you look at look at niners all damn day time to hit that gritty rock there's one reason why i'm on this show today because i wouldn't miss this for the world man yes a play couldn't keep me from this show today to all see right. this firsthand it begins with a g uh the reason you're so excited now uh, i i am a man of my word i kept yes, my are. word yes, i did are. it <laughs> i will I, <laughs> I'm going to give you my analysis before we we show you my my gritty. I actually think, and this is almost impossible. I think it's worse than the first one. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I didn't. I honestly didn't think that I could do worse. But I I'm pretty sure I did worse than than the first time. Um. So here's here's what happened, Gunner. So I had planned on doing it. Yes. So people don't know. Let me give you the backstory if you missed yesterday. So we got to 300 likes. That was our goal. If we got to 300 likes, I was going to do the gritty again. I did it a while back. It was terrible. Yes, I got killed. It went viral, the whole thing. So I agreed to do it again. So my plan was to do it yesterday, have my daughter film it, as I mentioned, you know, just with with her phone, whatever, knock it out, get it done. So I got done the show. I was running around like a nut. She wasn't, she was working. She was doing stuff. We're all, everybody's crazy. I went to work last night. I got home at midnight. She was asleep. Okay. So, um, so I'm thinking today, all right, let me grab her before she leaves for school. And she left really early today. She had to go do something at school. So anyway, I'm like, I think she left early on purpose. (laughs) I think she sensed (laughs) what what this was going to be. So I'm like, all right, how do I, I'm not big on the whole selfie. Let me set up my camera and get my, you know, doing I hate that stuff. So anyway, I, I, 
I got an okay setup. It's not bad. I will say, at least from a camera standpoint, it's not terrible. Like, the shot of it is not bad. The dance, that's a different story. All right. So Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Fitness Rebel has a very good question. Did you at least change your socks this time? Yes. Okay, good question. Uh, yes. So I wore shoes. To, you wore shoes. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, I, so there was no... There was no slippage. Let's put it to you that way. The last time I almost slipped on the hardwood floor in socks and went down. Yes, you did. Yes. So this time there isn't any slippage. Oh. The, the the only thing I'll say before we before we roll it, as we used to say, uh, there's a cameo at the very end by my dog Bailey. Uh oh. So as I'm doing this, and I this is one take, by the way. So, I'm sure you'll be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of it, I turn around and I see Bailey's like, free, like, what is he doing? Like, she's, you know, freaking out kind of up on the steps. So then Bailey comes down. All right. Do we want it now? Do we want it later? What are we doing? What are let's, we doing? Let, let's, let's take a vote here from the chat room. All right, guys, vote. We need a vote right now. All right. Do you people, want Rob to do it now? Or do you want to stay in suspense and we'll pick a strategic point in the show where <laughs> Rob will reveal? It. Okay. John Dicker. So why am I not surprised? He said now. John wants it now. Understood. Yeah, yeah, Under- yeah. Okay. Fitness oh, Rebel fitness wants, fitness it wants it now. Jameson right, wants go. it now. I get okay. it. Keep, I, keep I, it going. Keep it going. Let's see. There's only yeah. three. Yes. Oh, Leo okay. now. Leo wants Eagle, it now. Oh, Eagles later. realist later. Oh. All right. Oh, Connor. Uh, Tyler Connor wants it now and later. Remember now the candy now and later? I used to love now and later. I, they love were awesome. those, I used to love those things, man. Those things will rip your, your fillings out, though. Those bad boys. Uh, but they know, were Tyler says open and close. <laughs> all right. That's fair. All right. I, I think that's fair. So we'll we'll do it now and we'll revisit it in the last segment. How's that? We'll give you give you a little bit of both. All right. So we'll ruin your lunch now and then we'll ruin your dinner later. Does that does that sound about right? Wow, that's okay. a good. One. All right, that's that's ready. Yeah, yeah no, James I'm not ready said, to become a meme, James. Yeah, James, are you ready to become a meme? Oh man, no. Wow. No, all right. Well, do you want? Let's do it then. So, all right. Understand. Um, let's just do it. You know what? And it, uh, if you want tone, you can give the uh, you can play it sound up if you want. I gave you a little bit. You don't have to though. If there's not really important commentary going on, it's up to you. All right, let's do it. All right, there's no audio. That's fine. No uh, audio. Okay. So you see the, the the balloons are my bir- my daughter's birthday balloons from 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 April twentieth. All right, so I'm going slow this time. What in the world? And then I start to pick it up a little bit. You look now, like the cat woman. Now, yeah, faster, fast, Grady. Oh, a little bit of that. I'm giving you a little bit of that. Now I'm going back. Now I'm going arm and arm. Now I'm giving you a little bit more. Whoop. Whoop. Your arms aren't bit. even going the right way. They're not even going the right way, and they're not going fast enough either. And, and so now I'm noticing that the dog, the dog's going crazy. So now I'm telling her to come. Now here comes the dog's the dog. telling so you to stop. The dog's saying stop. There's Bailey, and that was the uh, that was the end of the gritty, and we did it, and that's it. That's it. Hi Bailey. Yes, thank you. Good night. <laughs> so I would you guys agree that it was worse than the last one? Tony, oh, do you still have the last one? We could do a little comp if you want. We could do uh, we could do the yeah, original pull that bad boy up versus the last one. I did it. It was yes, I was prancing. That's a good way to put it, Dion. Where where is Dion? So oh, here we go. Rob prancing around. That's exactly what it was. The T Rex. <laughs> you know what? I, I you know what? That's fair. That is fair. You know, as much as I rip Kelly Clarkson, I had a little T Rex going on there. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> it was worse, yes, but nothing beats the OG. All right, Dude, Tyler. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm I'm so proud of you. 
Because you know what I always say? If you can't laugh at yourself, you should never laugh at anybody else. And, dude, you did it not once. Rob looked like a lost chicken. <laughs> that wasn't a gritty. That was a T-Rex, bro. You just invented a new dance. The T-Rex. <laughs> oh, God, that's look, awesome. Look, Griffin Renzi. Kelly Clarkson can't move her arms. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, I admit, guy. Well, that, all right, here we go. What an embarrassment. You'll never live this down. You were having a back spasm. <laughs> Prancer size. Yes. Dude, dude, look at the comment from Yellow Ranger. Look at Yellow Love Ranger. Say, check that one out. <laughs> Watching my eyes with bleach. Come on, man. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> Forrest Hill said my stomach hurts. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, it was bad. Oh, it was Brandon, bad. Look, Brandon Moore. Somebody clipped that. <laughs> 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 the cat woman gritty. <laughs> I think what I think what I need to do, and next time I uh, I I might be indulging in, in a in a cocktail uh, after I have a few. Maybe then I do one and see if it's any better. <laughs> look, man, I'm gonna tell you something, bro. Uh, I have the utmost respect for you because you knew you were going to get blasted. <laughs> you did it anyway. You kept your word. You did it anyway. <laughs> these guys are bad. Hey, uh, no, dude, some of these comments are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> frolic. What a dirty decent frolic through the flowers. <laughs> oh, the comments are great. You guys are killing it today. All right. You're welcome. You're welcome, people. Yeah. I was trying, I tried to slow it down because the last time I was like flying. This time I tried to go slower and it's probably worse going slow. Yep. Tone, you, you know got to find the other one, man. Come on, Tone. You got to dig the other one up, bro. It definitely it had, had a Pee Wee Herman vibe. He's right. Wow. In yeah. Oh, right, here we go. Here's the first Here's the one. Last time. The first time. Come on, pop that baby up. Oh, my God. What a. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> watch for the slip here it comes watch here almost go down wait not oh we lost it there, I, yeah oh my god oh my goodness. all right what's worse i actually think the second one's worse the one i did today is worse oh unequivocally the second there's, one there's a little bit worse. more rhythm this in one. that one Batman did it. Did it yeah, did it, yeah. it's like Adam West Batman in the, in the TV show, like fat oh out of shape goodness. Batman. Yeah, dude, this your poor <laughs> daughter. White people are laughing at how bad you were from. <laughs> <What did he say? laughs> oh, god, Jameson said worse than the Sixers game last he, night. He's right, yeah, he's oh, right. Man. Oh, god, all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is all right. Last one. This is good. New more giraffes and better coordination. Yes. <laughs> it's, he's right. Yeah, he's Dude, right. Oh I cannot see this stuff, man. I can't all right. I can never look at you the same, bro. We'll replay it later. We'll we'll, we'll Chris yeah, D, I, I cannot breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said, Father said, Sean, this is pretty good. Uh, that was the gritty with a beads brace on. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, all right. Man. Okay, you're welcome, people. All right, I'm. I, you're, Gunner, you're next for something. I'm done for a while. No, gritty retirement. Gr gritty retirement. You right. have you have my approval to never accept another challenge again. You've done it twice <laughs> in less than a year. 
and you knew you knew it's going to be blasted. It's going to, this is going to go viral. You know this. So fun. you have my approval. You don't have to do anything else again. Do you have made fun of yourself well beyond the call of duty in one man's lifetime? Uh, all right. All right. So uh, moving on. <laughs> oh, man. Moving man, my on. Face, my face hurt, man. I know. I feel it like right it. here. It's my stomach. Oh. I feel like I was doing like crunches, man. Oh, God. All right. Forrest, uh, Hill, Forrest Hill said, midlife crisis gritty. <laughs> 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 dirty, hey, look what Dirty D put up. White people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right. Yes, oh, that was your. That was your. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, man. I'll get Cal Bundy. Um, I'll take care of you, man. We'll we'll get it up again. We, don't worry. We, we oh man. Cinco de Mayo present. Yes, Jason. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow. Uh, I could use a couple margaritas after that. Uh, all right. So uh, other than that, it, it was not a great day in Philadelphia sports yesterday, Gunner. Uh, to say the least. Ooh, well, right? embarrassing. So the Phillies lose in the afternoon. A game they're up five nothing. They lose ten six on a walk off grand slam. That, that was bad enough. And then, look, I didn't have a good feeling about the Sixers last night. And it, it felt, at halftime, it's 10. You're like, maybe. And yeah. then the second half was just destruction. They, they just got run out of the building. Um, the funny thing is, here's when I knew it was not going to be the Sixers night. Eight minutes to go in the third quarter. James Harden hoisted a three. The ball spun around and around, almost went down, and then spit out. Yeah. And that's it. It just ate that night, and it just got worse from there. Mm -hmm. That's when you knew it wasn't going to be that night. And, of course, the big question was, could James Harden have back-to-back performances? And we we doubted that he could, and sure enough, he couldn't do it. I know. Couldn't do it. And, that Derek, that's what scares me going forward because they're going to go – they're going to have one game off. They'll play Friday. They'll be off today, play Friday. They'll be off Saturday, play Sunday. Uh, the the only game, the only stretch that you get where it's more than two, one night off in between is between game six and seven, and that's it. I don't know that he's capable of just recharging here uh, like that. And I don't either. You know, he 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 just didn't. And I understand it's a different style of play for him when Embiid's on the floor, but still, two for fourteen from the floor isn't going to cut it. They're not winning no matter what. Zero for six from three. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I have to pose this question, Rob, because I've thought about this, and I think we've talked about this back in March. As crazy as it sounds, Joel Embiid, the leading scorer in the NBA this season, the MVP finally gets his just due. Does this Sixer team function better without him? They run the floor better. They get everybody more involved better. It's, am I am I am I dreaming? Am I overstating it? No, I think it's a fair question to ask. I do. I think it's a fair question. I, see, all right, I'll just give you my opinion. I don't think they're better without him. Um, okay. But the problem is when he's on the floor, you have to run everything virtually through him. It's got to be the pick and roll at the nail, yep. which we didn't see. It's got to be run through him. The With him being compromised like mm-hmm. he is on the offensive end, he, he, give him credit. He made some big-time defensive plays yes, in that he first did. half. Yeah, but, five blocks. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and altered a couple things, too, and they yeah. were afraid to go down the lane to some extent, uh, but whatever. If he's out there, it's got to run through him, and if he's not right or feeling it, right, it's hard because you tried to have it last night. You right. were kind of doing things through him. You weren't, you know, and the guys don't exactly, I don't think, know their role in that circumstance like Maxie and Harden. So I almost I have to say to him, Joel, look, man, if you're playing Friday – 
we got to we got to run it like we ran it during the regular season. And if you're not up can't. to that, yeah, they can't. They that's can't. The problem. And I don't think they can win the series without him. So it's you're handcuffed in a lot of ways. He can't run the floor. You have to slow things down so he can set up. And I looked at that brace, and they talked on the broadcast about how they tried several different braces. Did you see how cumbersome that thing looked under his? Uh, yeah, it did. His, it did. You see what I'm saying? You know. Yeah. You can tell it's affecting his mobility, especially on the offensive end. Yeah. You know, and this this is a good bad case scenario. Now he does he does take away from Boston just you know unmercifully driving the paint at will. Right. But he also he holds the team down on the offensive end in terms of their flow, their fast break points. What did they have, like 20-something fast break points in the first game? Uh, yes, yes. But yet Boston had like over 60 points in the paint the first game? Yes. So you got to give something to get something. Yeah. But the balance, the balance, man, it, it takes them out of whack, man. And Well, the trade-off is Boston's going to score twos if they're driving the, to, to the hole with no Embiid versus the threes that they hit last night. You're gonna get one. You're getting one yeah. more every time they hit a three. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and look, I think there were a lot of things that went wrong. Obviously, Harden didn't play. Nobody. Tavares was decent, but nobody really played well. The bench no. gave him nothing. Melton was a non-factor. He was re- he had five straight threes in, in the other game. So there was a lot of things that went wrong. But I yep. think they need to figure out how they're going to do this with Embiid and and what. Yes. You know what direction they're taking here because that's look they're going to get a lift by, by being on their home court, no doubt. That only lasts so long. Absolutely. Because no. Boston's not phased by a crowd. No. Boston's been there, done that. And, you know, the thing is, Boston took 26 threes the first game. Right. Because they scored so easily in the paint. But that's not their game. They lead the league in, in three-point attempts. They shot 51 threes last night. Yeah. And Brogdon, yeah. Brogdon was bomb. It was a he mad was, bomber He was last awesome night. for them. He was awesome. Grant Williams, Williams hurt the Sixers in the, first, yeah. in the second half. Yes. Too. You know, I mean, and, and that's Boston's game. And – I don't know if the Sixers have the perimeter defense to take away Boston's abundance of three-point shots. To be honest with you, yeah, you know, I, and if 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 that's a significant part of Boston's game, because the more threes they hit, the more it's going to open up the middle for somebody to drive the paint. Because you got to bring Embiid out higher to to the top of the key. Yeah, and you're making him work harder. Yes, you, you, you're you're putting more stress on that leg. Yeah, I mean that that's a problem, and I think that that's this is this is the adjustment that Doc and crew have to make today is how are we really going about this thing, like uh, on the offensive end? And defensively, we need to be better perimeter-wise or else, you know, look, I don't, I don't know that Boston's going to shoot it at the clip that they shot it last night, but they're, they're going to make more than they did the other night. Absolutely. Derek, they, Boston did what they did last night with um, Tatum scoring seven points. Dude, he only took, what, seven shots? It was a foul trouble the whole game. The whole game matter. seven shots? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and they still won won a game by by, by as much as they won. Yeah, they hammered and, and the Sixers have to do a much better job on the offensive glass. You know, they didn't get an offensive rebound until like the nine twenty nine mark of the second quarter. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. They, you got to do were, a better job on the offensive glass. Boston won the hustle plays. Look, Boston went yeah. out as, as a hungrier team, and and it's no coincidence when the home team loses game one of a seven game series. They're, they're yep. in, in the last fourteen they've won in yes. that scenario. So fourteen to zero. You knew Boston was going to come out swinging, and and even with Embiid, look here's here's why I wanted Embiid to play, and here's the way I still look at it. I I, I definitely didn't think he was great, but if if that got enough rust knocked off, the game three he looks more like himself. You know, it was kind of a sacrificial lamb game. Yep. 
you know, and, and, but like your, your point was, I think valid right off the top, right on the money is yeah. I mean, they, they look like a more athletic team. The Sixers do when he's not out there. Yes, but absolutely. That's where you need to take advantage of that. Like they don't Horford can't guard him. Grant Williams or Robert Williams can't guard him. So you got to figure it out. And I, you just hope his leg can hold up. If you, if you use him on the block a little bit to try and out muscle these guys, I don't know. He can do it physically, but dude, they won by, they won by 34 points with Tatum and Horford. It combined three for 17 for 12 points. Yeah. Yeah, Those that, two, three for 17 for 12 points, they still won by 34 points. It, it's crazy. It's now, granted, crazy. it was garbage time by midway through the fourth, but still. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. backhands came up. The back, the backups came in hitting hitting threes for Boston. They were, yeah, it was their night. Uh, it, they were, you know, it's, uh, at one point, I'm like, and Jaden Springer's in the game. I didn't think I'd be seeing this. You know, it, it was like just yeah, really one of yeah, those kind yeah. of games. And, yeah, there was a lot of frustration that goes along with it. Sixers shot it poorly. The bench didn't do anything. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Embiid ends up with 15, 15 altogether, uh, four for nine. He only had nine field goal attempts. That's not Joel Embiid. No, he did get to the line no. eight times. He did have the five blocks, but it, this was only in 27 minutes. But the problem is Harden goes two for 14. <clears throat> he, he doesn't hit any from three. You know, is there enough help there? It, it, you know, Maxi wasn't particularly great either. When, yeah, when you're leading, when your leading scorer is Harris with 16 points, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. That's it's a, a major problem. problem. That's yep. a huge problem. And Boston cranked up the defense like we thought they would. Right. Now, with that said, we 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 kind of snickered at Al Horford's comment after Game One. We talked about yesterday where he said, you know, we kind of took them lightly. Embiid wasn't there. We kept saying that's just an excuse. You got beat. You know, you got embarrassed on your court game one. Now look at how they cranked up the defense. They did exactly what we talked about prior to this series. Maxi has to find a way to be that man. He was that guy in game one along with Harden, but they clamped down Maxi again. They took away everybody in that game, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just Maxi, not just Harden. We know Embiid's playing less than 100%. They took away Harden and Maxi in the same game. Yeah. Yep, they did. They absolutely did. And I will say this, Derek, I'll go on record right now. Whoever wins game three wins the series. Uh, you know what? I agree with you. Boston wins that game. The, the first game there. I it's it. I don't think it's going to be a pretty series for the Sixers. If the Sixers can win it, I think they'll win the series because it, I think it'll also mean that Embiid is, is more himself and you can hopefully carry that over into the next couple of games. But the, the game three to me is critical, critical. It uh, is you, crit- got- <clears throat> you know what, Rob, though? I'll say this. If Boston gets a very minimum, a split here in Philly, I think they win it at home in Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, I hear it. I think it. I Boston hear it. will win home in Game Seven. Look, if you're the Sixers, your your big picture. You're frustrated at last night, but your big picture is you split. Yes, and that was your ultimate goal is to go in there and get one. But the problem is you can't give it right back to them, which means you got to take care of your business in Game Three and Game Four, Sunday yeah. or Friday yeah. and Sunday. You have to take care of your business. Uh, wow. That's for sure. All right, let me let me hit you with this one, Derek. Interesting. So already a done deal. The Eagles have signed Jalen Carter. Already yeah. done. Yep. Yeah. Uh 2024 first rounder reaches an agreement. Four years, fully guaranteed $21.8 million. He is uh Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. Um, so they get that done. Howie does and crew. 
and no worries about any kind of holdouts or any kind of and whatever. I, I don't. They never have these issues. They always get the rookie stuff. They always get it done. You know, you know it's and, easier now. It's slotted. It's not like it used to be where guys would hold out till the season started. Football is so much better now that we don't have that crap. It really is. Just, just think about this, Rob. For this young man, what is he? Twenty-two years old. Yeah. And, and heaven forbid, if his career ended after one year. That young man, after taxes, after agent fees, entertainment tax fees, is going to have a minimum over the duration of this contract, $15 million, $14, 15000000 million as a 22-year-old young man. Nice. Think about that. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good way to start <sighs> off life. Man. You know, uh, most of us have either have student loans or, or you know, we're working. Yeah, yeah for, man, for working eight jobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a nice, it's nice, man. Nice to be able to play that football. And look, make it work for you. Make it work for you. you know? I gotta, I gotta check my ancestry tree and see if I'm related anywhere to Jalen Carter. Just I'm sure he's hearing from people he's never seen or heard of before in his life. Hey, you remember me? Oh yeah, this is Uncle Dewey. I'm yeah. from your your mother's third cousin, fifth removed from your daddy's side. Don't you, know, you remember we rode the school bus together in kindergarten? I, I let I, you sit next to me. I babysat you when you came out of the womb. Yeah, exactly. You don't remember? <laughs> yeah, there, there are there are people coming out of the woodwork right now. You gotta believe it. Yeah, I hope, he's, I got hope some... he's got the right handle, Same. man. I hope he's got get protection. Sucked in. Yep. You know, when you talk about a profession where over eighty percent of the workforce ends up broke, I hope this young man has the right people shielding him away from 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 uh, the wrong people. I hope he doesn't get sucked in by all the investment wolves that will come his way. I got a great deal for you. Uh, we've heard the stories about relatives handling players' money and the relatives financing their lifestyle while depleting that player's future lifestyle as well. I hope you're shielded from all that stuff, man. I hope all young athletes are, man. But yeah. you hear that horror story all the time about how their money disappears, you know, when they thought they had money. I tell you what, a story that I've listened to a, 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 a lot of times along those lines. You remember when Steve Harvey, Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer and all those guys were doing a Kings of Comedy oh, tour? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear that story about Steve Harvey? No. He was he was making millions. Right. And he and he thought he thought that his accountants were paying all of his taxes and stuff and his bills. Most guys, when they get to that level, they have somebody who pays your bills and pays your taxes on time. Well, I guess his lead accountant died, and it wasn't until after he died he found out by accident when they started searching through records that the accountant was slush funding the money elsewhere to the point Steve Harvey had like $1,700 in his account. He had to pay millions upon millions of dollars in back taxes and never knew it oh found out by accident. Now, luckily Steve Harvey has rebounded, has rebounded yeah, incredibly. Yeah. He was doing like six or seven shows, different shows at one point. He's, he's a, a machine. machine. Yeah. So he's rebounded in a nice way. But can you imagine that frightening scenario? If you think oh. you're taken care of for the rest of your life, and all of a sudden, you find out you have less than two thousand dollars at your disposal. I'll give you another one, Derek. I was reading a book, uh, you know, Hall of Notes, the band Hall of Notes, the, the duo. Okay, they're, yeah. they're the most successful duo that's ever yep. ever lived in terms of record sales. Okay, I'm not even bar none. They are they are number one. So I read John Oates' memoir. Okay, mm -hmm. he's the dark haired guy with the mustache. That's that's Oates. The blonde haired guy is Daryl Hall. For people who don't know. So anyway, I I, I read his. They had uh, an unscrupulous agent too. Basically, all the money that they made in the seventies and eighties, and, and they were as big as anybody. Okay, was stolen from them by agents. Jeez, they were dead broke. 
he couldn't even afford an apartment in New York. He he got he bought like a piece of land in in Colorado and moved there and they 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 went back out touring and just kind of grinded through it and they 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 went to court to sue this guy. They got some of it back, but no, they lost millions upon millions. Jeez. So oh and, and he was goodness. like we were kids in the 70s. We signed on with this guy. We didn't know, blah, blah, blah. And you hear all these horror stories. But the yeah. group, the group NWA went through. If you ever watched yeah. the movie Straight oh, Out of Compton, so great movie about what they went through and the money that went missing. And that's why Ice Cube broke off from them. Yep. And he was the uh, first one to recognize yes. it, by the way. Ice yep. Cube was. And yep. it caused a rift. Like even with Dre, he had a little bit of a rift. And yes, then they he were, did. They, and they were okay. And they reconciled. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. You're right. Now you're right. It's crazy. So you got to. You gotta be careful, and hopefully he's got the right people around him. I would look. I would think when if you're if you're with somebody as reputable as how do you feel about Drew Rosenhaus? He's a reputable agent. Yes, I would think that Rosenhaus would have him in the right hands in terms of accountants and stuff like that. I would think, but you never. If, know. if there's anybody who knows the right deals, whether it's TV wise, uh, endorsement wise, is Drew Rosenhaus's agency. Yeah. They make money for their clients. They make money, you know, and and so he's. You're right. You you say what you want to say about a Drew Rosenhaus. A lot of people don't like him because of his antics. He's always visible, you know, always grandstanding. But he makes money for his company, and he makes money for his age, his top notch clients, you know. So hopefully, you're right. Drew puts that umbrella around him to shield him from from what could possibly happen to him. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, let's come back. Let's talk some birds, Derek. Uh, a, a former Eagle signs elsewhere. We'll, we'll tell you who that is. Uh, we'll continue to talk about the Jalen Carter contract. But speaking of Jalen Carter, we're going to look at the Eagles rookies and how they fit into this thing in terms of depth chart. Who's starting? Who could get time? You know, what that looks like. And we'll include um, DeAndre Swift as well, the, the trade that they made in that also. All right. He's Derek. I'm Rob. A uh, little later, we'll give you gritty again. We'll do that later. We promise. <laughs> if that wasn't enough, we'll do it again. Uh, but we'll dig into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. And uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, we are thrilled that Bravo Pizza is a part of the team. Bravo Pizza of Havertown has been family-owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. Alex and the crew were there seven days a week, just cranking it out. Unbelievable fresh food every single day. Freshly made, all right? It is not sitting under some heat lamp. It's not just recycled. No, fresh food. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have uh, my favorite upside down, but I, there's plenty of other stuff. And the beauty is they have the you name it, they will make it policy. That's right. Specialized pizza made any way that you want, but not just pizza. Not up for pizza that day. Great. Got pasta, got sandwiches, got wraps, got wings, got salads, all of the above. Bravo Pizza is committed to the community. They have uh, fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. In fact, this Monday and Tuesday, Bravo Pizza of Havertown will be raising money for the Eagles Autism Challenge. So great stuff there, including Swoop making an appearance. Follow the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram or Facebook for daily specials or promotions. And you can stop on by 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. 
go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Ellis, Derek Gunn, and we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, hanging out with you on this Thursday. All right, Gunner, let's start with this one. Uh, if you if you just popping on, by the way, Jalen Carter uh, signed, sealed, and delivered four years, uh, 21.8 million guaranteed. So the, the Eagles' first round pick, first pick overall for them uh, this past draft, number nine overall, uh, is locked in. All right, Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod, who has been a free agent up until this point, signs a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. So Rodney's still employed. I know Rodney still lives in this area. Uh, some were hoping he would maybe come back to the Eagles. I didn't think that would have been the worst thing in the world either um, at that safety spot. But uh, he is going to Cleveland. And one of those guys you wish nothing but the best because he's a class act. Mute it, Derek. You mute it. Still mute it. Am I going to be doing this the whole show again? I can't. <laughs> but you know what? You the, the class act part supersedes the athlete because he is one of the finest individuals you will ever come across who has played the National Football League. Yep. He is always low-key. He is humble. 
um, always accessible, um, always says the right thing, never controversial. Um, and I hope, you know, I know when he left here was uh, after he had that knee injury, he, you know, he went to, went to Indianapolis, had a good year. Uh, he wanted to come back to Philadelphia, just didn't work out. Um, but I'm glad he's still fulfilling his desires to play football in the National Football League because I still think he has a lot to give to the game, both as a player and as a mentor to younger players who will eventually take his place. So good for him. You know, sorry he had to go to Cleveland, but I'm, bad, I'm glad he's still a part of the game. Yeah. It was, uh, he's, I think he still gets some gas left in the tank. I think he'll do a yeah. nice job for them. I, I, I would have preferred, look, I, I don't know that he would have still been a starter here. Maybe he would have, but it would have been a nice safety net in yes. case things didn't work out with, yeah. you know, Terrell Edmonds or Blankenship. And I know, look, they may be able to plug in Sidney Brown and we'll get into that in a minute, but uh, you know, Eagles must've just felt like he didn't have enough left in the tank. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, but yeah, he goes to Cleveland and it's actually not a bad spot for him. Cleveland's going to be an interesting yeah. team, Derek, in that, you know, if Deshaun Watson, who had a long time off from football can, can start looking like the Houston Watson, that team could be dangerous. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, when you look at what they have at their disposal, um, he's got, Nick Chubb to hand off to, who's always a thousand yard rusher. You look at one direction, you have Amari Cooper. You look at another direction, now you have Elijah Moore, who, who they traded for. Um, and Donovan, Donovan People Jones is a really good receiver. Your tight end is David Njoku. You've got a good offensive line. See, mm -hmm. and we said this throughout last season, but they don't get enough credit for this. Cleveland has one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Yeah. You know, and and you look at look at how they run the ball. The only problem has been they've never they haven't had any settling in a quarterback situation mm -hmm. up until now. You look at what they have on defense. They got a lot of talent on defense. The backwater of the defense alone: Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Juan Thornhill, and Greg Newsom the second. Yeah, that's not a bad collection of secondary. talent, there, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. And they've got Miles Garrett coming off the edge, so they've got they've got the talent to be a dangerous team. You're right. Um, no, I don't think anybody's going to pick them to win their division, but don't be surprised if somehow, some way they find a way to slip in the back door of the playoffs. Yeah, no question. So yeah, the, the interesting move, thought maybe the Eagles may take a run at him, but he ends up going there. Um, all right. So speaking of that, we just mentioned Sidney Brown. If you look at the depth chart and you look at where some of the Eagles rookies project, and my, if you tell me, tell me if you think I'm, um, I'm wrong here. But if you look at their depth chart right now, and I'm talking about where you would, where you would fill these guys in, um, and and granted, the depth charts that you're looking at when you look mm -hmm. at them on like ESPN or the NFL.com, they're unofficial depth charts. Right, right. But, um, right now, the Eagles' starting defensive tackles are Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. My okay. guess is, come game one. Your starting defensive tackles are going to be Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the Eagles are so excited to have this young man at their disposal. And I do think that will take some of the pressure off of Jordan Davis. I don't know if Jordan da Davis is a three down D tackle, to be honest with you. Um, he has, he has, he has a lot to prove. A lot of people are high on him and rightfully so you can't really judge him. I mean, you can't, you can't knock a player for having to go through injuries like he did and just play uh, sporadically like he did. We, there's a big question mark about whether or not, why did you only play him 10 plays in the Super Bowl? You know, 
Mm-hmm. Nobody could really stop the run, but you couldn't get him on the field more, especially in that second half when they were you – know, Kansas City is running up and down the field on you. You know, um, but now he has a fresh start. And he's got one of his former teammates. So they'll be pushing each other. But I agree with you. By the time they kick off the regular season, I expect uh, Jalen Carter to to be putting his hand in the dirt alongside Fletcher. I mean, watching him and talking to everybody, Derek, I haven't talked to one person who said to me, you know, this guy should come off the field because he plays the run and the pass equally well. Yes. You know, with Jordan right now, we're in a situation of you feel pretty good about him against the run, but I don't know what he's going to look like in the passing. Game. I don't either. So, but you got to find out. You have right. to find out. At some point, you got to find out. Exactly. Um, and they'll get a better determination. Not even an OTAs in May and June. They'll get a better determination at training camp, especially when they start lining up against other teams. Uh, we don't know who they're scheduled to, to scrimmage against once or twice in the preseason, but. Uh, and obviously he'll get a few reps in the preseason as well. So we'll, we'll find out more. But I think for what Jalen Carter brings to the table table in overall athleticism, the ability to be disruptive, you, 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 you unless he gets injured, you're not going to be able to keep him off the field. You yeah. can't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and then, all right, you go to Nolan Smith. My guess is he's technically in a backup role coming off the edge you're starting edge guys it just depends how you how you want to do this but sweat and i and i would say hassan reddick you're i think bg yep and then nolan smith are your your first guys with Derek barnett sort of i think having to almost prove himself as weird as that yeah. sounds yeah yeah um because he's been here for a while but i think that's kind of the way it goes now here's the question i have if are there going to be sets where you have Nolan Smith on one end and Hassan Reddick on the other end, or are you going to substitute each out for the other? I think that's a very distinct possibility. It could be, it could be Hassan Reddick and Nolan. It could be Nolan and Brandon Graham. You know, we we've seen Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick. I think it'll be a combination of the three in any given down and distance situation. You know, if if Nolan if Nolan lives up to expectation. Um, he's going to get his chance to show that speed and that ability off the edge um, and, and to be disruptive, you know, especially in that NASCAR package. When they go to, when they go to five-man fronts, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, think about the speed they have coming off the edges. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous right now uh, the way it looks on paper. So, yes, I, I expect Nolan to be a, a significant part of that rotation. And obviously, as the season wears on, I think his numbers will increase in terms of uh, percentages of snaps. Yeah. Now, I, there's a part of me that believes Derek Barnett may not even be here. Mm. You know, yeah, I, he he might not even make this roster this mm-hmm. year. You know, with the way this team's looking roster wise now, because you know you you go you go beyond a Barnett. You know, they they still have Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson. You know, young guys yeah. who the Eagles need to find out about as well as they have to make more decisions after 2023. You know, Derek Barnett is what he is. Right. Uh, hopefully, as I've said time and time again, I hope, hope hopefully he's a more mature Barnett in terms of making less um, than the mental mistakes that he, he has been accustomed to making. But I'm not so sure he's going to be with this roster, to be honest. Yeah, I hear you. Adam asks a question. I think it's an interesting one. Um, yeah. Will the Eagles pursue the Ravens linebacker who was unhappy? That's Patrick Queen. Here's yeah. the problem. You know, he's at, 
he's entering the last year of his deal. Yeah. He, the Eagles don't generally pay out linebackers, you know, big time money. And no. he's just been okay down there in Baltimore. Yeah. He's not yeah. been terrible, but I, so I, I'm not saying it's out of the question, but it would almost be a Kaiser white rental. Um, I just don't see them re-upping him for big money. Not unless they can find a way to restructure the last year of his deal. Yeah. Um, that's the only way I could see it happening. Um, if, if you go out and get a Patrick queen, you should have kept TJ Edwards, you know, right. right. And, and they didn't do that. So Patrick queen coming here, mm, would he be an addition, a good addition to this defense? I think so. But there's a part of me that also says Baltimore is a very de- defensive minded organization. If Baltimore has been waning on him, why? Obviously, we haven't seen enough of him in game films because we don't look at Baltimore as closely as we do this team here. But if Baltimore, very defensive-minded, have been since the Ozzie Newsome tenure, uh, is basically looking the other way, I need to know why. I need to know what is it that's been lacking in his game that has caused him to fall out of grace with that organization. You know, you know how it is. We hear a name. Oh, you got to get him. You got to get him. You, you got to have, no, it's not, it's not the case. It depends on how he fits in your scheme, you know? And I, and I don't know if he would fit this scheme. Only Matt Patricia and Sean Desai would know that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I wonder, like, are, are we ever hearing from Sean Desai? Are we ever hearing from That's Brian Johnson? Question. Why, why, why is that? <laughs> well, I guess I, I, you probably wanted to get through the draft. I get that. It should be in the next week or so you would think well i tell you you customarily what the eagles do in in usually in may or early june is they make all the coaches available at a sit-down session in the novacare bubble they strategically have you know offensive coaches one um at at one point of the day and then a defensive coach at a, a, a and they space them out at a round table so the media has good access to get to whoever they want to go to i think that's probably going to be the first time that uh Decide speaks to the media. Right. Could be. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, all right. So beyond that, beyond those two guys, the first rounders, you know, you look at the offensive line, it feels like it's Jurgen's job to lose uh, that guard spot, that, uh, that right guard spot. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I, I think that if, if Steen comes in here and really crushes it, he, I think he has a shot. Um, if if worst case he becomes the swing man who can play tackle or guard for you, yeah, yeah. Worst case, you know, he's the break glass in case of emergency guy. Think about how quick maybe uh Stoutland can coach him up. I mean, the dude's a big body, yeah. six six. You know, you look at except for Jason Kelsey, everybody is six five or bigger on that team. You, you, your left tackle six eight, your right tackle six six. He would be six six. Yeah, Diggers uh, is six five. Yeah, you know, yeah, these guys are tanks, they're tanks, man. You know. But you're right, and Jurgens is only six three. But that doesn't that has nothing to do with his ability. And obviously, he has a year advance on a, a steam. Mm-hmm. But Stoutland can't wait to get his hands on this guy and coach him up to see where he is and what he isn't. Um, we sit here today and we we assume that Jurgens is the odds-on favorite to win that position. We'll see at, at, at the end of camp. You know, Stoutland looks at things differently than we do on the outside looking in, and and he has a lot of clout and a lot of say. Yeah, in terms does. of who lines up in the first five. So it's going to be interesting to see what he determines by the end of training camp. No question. Um, all right, then you look at Sidney Brown, and, and we actually talked about this a good amount yesterday, but if you look at the the way the safety depth chart is set up, your starters right now, strong safety is Terrell Edmonds. Your free safety is Reed Blankenship. Right now, Kayvon Wallace backs up Edmonds at the strong spot. 
and Sidney Brown is listed as your number two uh, for the free safety spot. So uh, that's there for the taking, I think, w- with Sidney Brown for sure. Um, you know, Blankenship's got the jump on him because he was here. Yeah. Blankenship knows the system a little bit better. But by all accounts, Brown's a pretty quick study. Uh, that's going to be one. I, I like some competition in camp, and I think that's going to be one to keep your eye on here. Uh, in, in in no way, shape, or form, uh, a form am I down on Reed Blankenship. I thought I thought he showed flashes of being a really good safety, and of course, he made some young mistakes as a Sidney Brown uh, will make as he continues on, on his maiden voyage in the NFL. I just think with the athleticism, the speed, the versatility of a Sidney Brown, he may not start the season as a starter, but I could see somewhere along the line before the season's over, he takes over for Blankenship to, uh, to go along with Terrell Edmonds. Um, I just think his physical attributes, his, his ability to read and, and break on a ball is much better than Reed Blankenship's. Um, he just has to learn the technique at the NFL level and learn to look at the different schemes at the NFL level compared to where he did in the Big Ten. Let's face it. For the most part, the Big Ten is a power a power football conference. Yeah, you know, the only team that that exceeds that on a consistent basis is Ohio State, in terms of putting the ball up as they yeah. run the ball. For the most part, all the other teams want to run the ball first and pound you between the tackles and then set up the pass. So he's going to have to make that adjustment in terms of knowing what to decipher when guys come out in certain formations. Once he gets up to speed, I think he's going to significantly push Reed Blankenship for that spot. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, the other one that I, I think is one to keep your eye on too is Keely Ringo. And if you look at the, again, go back to the depth chart here at safety, it's obvious who the starters are. Bradbury left side, Slay right side. Right now, Nolan Smith is listed as the, or uh, Keely Ringo is listed right now right. as the third stringer behind Slay and Greedy Williams. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's ample opportunity there. And, you know, we know Avante is going to play in the slot. We know that behind him, it's Josh Job, yeah. uh, Mario Goodrich. Uh, Josiah Scott is still here. But there's uh, there's room to at least get to the number two guy for Ringo. Well, for, in Ringo's case, it's, it's going to have to be about patience. Um, he's not going to get on the field as much as he wants. Um, you know, Greedy Williams is an accomplished player. He's a really good player. You know, um, Josh Job backing up Avante Maddox has shown that he can play at times. At times, he can run. He's not. He's not afraid of contact. Um, he's physical. He does make mistakes. Yes, but Keeley's going to have to really, really do something special to break that 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 uh, that ice block. And and I don't know if he can early on. I, I think they're going to get him on the field, obviously, to get him some reps, but. I, I think he's going to be more of situational. You know, he might get in 5, 10, 12% of the snaps if he's lucky in his rookie year. Well, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think the, we were talking to EJ Smith yesterday and I thought he made a really interesting point. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, you go, you're going to go back and check it out at jacobsports.com. But, um, you know, he was a running back in high school. He got to Georgia and they just thought with his size, the, the height and the speed, he just set up to be a defensive back. Yep. And then he hurt his peck his freshman year. So yep. he hasn't played a ton of corner. He's learning still the position. I think it's a great year to just indoctrinate him Absolutely. into what the Eagles do and just let him learn for a season. Absolutely. Take the same approach you did with N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. 
There's no pressure on him to play X amount of snaps. He's got a great, great uh, DB room to sit back, learn, absorb, ask an abundance of questions. Um, and I've said this before. Players always have told me they learn more from teammates than they do coaches. Right. And he's got a wealth of, of, of highly decorated talent in, in front of him uh, to learn the position and to learn the little nuances to look for in certain situations. And it's a great position for him to be in in terms of gradually coming along instead of being rushed into the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, All right. Lastly, and this is not so much a draft pick, it's the trade. Swift or Penny? Now, good backups, good guys behind them, and Boston Scott and Gainwell, we know that. But when it comes to the bulk of the carries, Derek, is there going to be – I use the word workhorse, but in this offense, there isn't anybody who's a a, a traditional workhorse. Who's going to get the bulk of the snaps, you think, if both are healthy? Well, before it was, uh, before we heard of a Penny or Swift wearing an Eagles uniform, I had said Gainwell was going to be the lead back. I think now it's going to be Swift. Okay. Swift is just too electric uh, not to get. And again, he may get no more than 15 or 17 touches as a Miles Sanders did. Mm -hmm. I just think in open space, uh, once he slips through the initial line of contact, this dude is electric. A great array of moves, has a nice gear. The biggest problem, just like with Penny, how long can you keep him healthy? You know, he's missed three games every year he's been in the league. Yep. Um, he, he, I would line him up a lot in, in a slot also. You know, the, you know, I would get him in a mismatch because he has the moves and the quickness to get away from coverage, whether it's a linebacker or a safety. Um, he has good hands. Uh, good speed, good agility. He's a tough runner, tough mm-hmm. runner. He's not one of these you can just bring him down with one, one-arm one tackles. Um, so I think he emerges right now as the lead back. I don't like yeah. to use feature back. I'll just say lead back. Yeah, and look, I, I think that both of these guys are uber talented. It's yeah. it's all just been, been about health. I mean, you look at the yards per carry for Penny, it's unbelievable. Yep. No and then, question. you know, same thing with, with Swift. And Swift's receiving numbers are just awesome. Um you know, and these guys are going to be with a better, better quarterback. I know there's receivers here that are going to need their touches too, which, you know, could, could maybe cut into the amount of passes they're getting, but boy, man, I just, I just think about the possibilities with these guys. You're, you're really athletic at that position, mm. too. you know, with both of those too. And, and, and you have, you know, Scott or Penny that have seem to have a nose for the end zone. The other great thing about this team, Derek is in short yardage Yes, between what Hertz is able to do and what yep. Scott and Gainwell are able Gainwell to do. And Scott awesome. and, and, and Penny, you know, Penny, Penny is a power back also, you know, he, he's strong he's strong, lower body strength. You have like five different options. Now when you get inside short yardage situations or goal line situations, um, that's going to drive coordinators and defensive players nuts. Cause you have no idea what's coming. You have no idea. No, you know, it's Hertz keeping the ball. Are you going to pitch it to to a, a quick guy like Swift? Are you going to pound him with Penny or, or Gainwell? Man, oh, I got to man. imagine like Sirianni and Johnson and that they're just drooling man, thinking yeah, about this. Yeah. What and Jalen just understanding things that much better at, 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 with another year under his belt. You know, only still only twenty four years old. That Jeez. that's the thing too. We don't take into account enough is just how much better is he going to get? How much? Think about even all the greats. How much better Brady was from twenty four years old to twenty eight years old, or and or Marino and or you know or more of the new school guys. How much better Mahomes was 
three, you know, he is now than he was three years ago. It's going to be crazy. They should well, they look, should look, score a lot of points. Look, look at the youth movement <clears throat> at the skill position. Period for this yeah. team. Hertz is only twenty four. Swift is still a young guy. Gainwell's a young guy. Uh, AJ AJ Brown's a young guy still. Um, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, all still young guys yeah. in what is deemed as one of the most explosive and dangerous offenses in the National Football League. Right. That's that's unbelievable what they have at their disposal right now. Yeah, should be interesting. Um, all right, we'll come back. We're going to do NFL talk at 2 o'clock. We're going to come back. We'll do uh, a little bit more Sixers. Rich Hoffman Jr. from The Athletic is going to join us. Rich will give us his impressions of what went down last night in Game 2, what adjustments need to be made for Game 3. We'll pose the question that Derek asked a little bit earlier. Are they better off without Embiid? Uh, so we'll talk about all those kind of things. When we come back, don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time for me to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is of the utmost importance. And I didn't have that right person for a while. I have them now, and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. Whatever it is, Jim can be a resource for you. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRAs, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. The other thing I like the most is uh, he is always around to answer a question, whether it's via email, on the cell, what are we doing here, what's happening here, why did this dip, why is that going up, what's a good trend, you name it, Jim can help you with it. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you can email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at Drytech. 
At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. everybody thanks for hanging out with us today we're sports take jacob sports youtube network on this thursday oh by the way gunner may, may the fourth be with you you're welcome you, how long have you been waiting to say that I, I meant to do it off the top of the show i had that one in the holster and i, I didn't i didn't do it. and it must i remind you that again that uh may is by far the best month of the year gee why is it well i don't know um oh my birthday is in may number one but number two in four days of us doing birthdays, look at the prominent people that we've we've uh, acknowledged the birthdays. Look at the list. It is a who's who list, unlike any other month. And we're only four days in. Wait until you see some of the other names that are coming up, big time names in the month of May. It is the it is the month where summer starts to spring. We are embraced and bathed in warm weather. You know, we can leave winter behind us. See, things are blossoming in May. Not We're quite yet. This summer. <laughs> hey, 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 stop trying to take my thunder. Sorry. Okay. You know, don't, I was on a roll here. You, you, you broke up my roll. I was, I was, I was in a groove, man. Good point. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, but we, we are going to get, I, I was looking at this. So I'm, I'm, I'm checking my phone for the weather. Uh, yeah. It is, it is going up, Derek. So not quite where we, we would love it to be yet. But starting tomorrow, our area, 61, Saturday, yeah. 68 Sunday yep. 73 Monday 75 my man There you go boom There you go All right Oh man I am I'm ready for spring I don't, we don't need any more of this Seattle stuff all right especially cuz I have a, a leaky roof but don't get me started on that Did you get did you get it fixed I was up there Friday in the middle of this thing when it was coming it was pouring and windy ooh, ooh. St- staple gunning a tarp over where the where the roof was leaking Oh. It was like Caddyshack. I, I was about ready to get like. Zzz, zzz, zzz. Wait, wait. Yeah, you you're on a, you're on a wet a roof? You're I, on I was a wet on a roof? roof. I was on the roof doing that. Yes. Let me guess. In sneakers. Yes. Dude, what are you thinking? My wife's like, are you out of your freaking mind? I'm like, it's leaking. What do you want me to do? Anyway. And right. it was pouring rain? Oh, pouring and windy. I'm, I'm telling you. It was like, I look like the, the reverend in Caddyshack. That's, it was about to go down that way. You know yeah. what you do, bro? That's yes. Easy. Take a bucket, put it on the floor where the leak is leaking. <laughs> wait till it stops raining. Then you Good go up point. there. Good point. And don't, don't you have some kind of work boots you could have put on? I I do, but I you know you know me. I, what is wrong with you? Do I ever make any sense? All right, l- no. enough about me. Uh, no. Without further ado, let's bring on our man who covers the Sixers for the Athletic. Does a great job. You can follow him on Twitter at rich underscore Hoffman. Rich, any roofing tips yet? You, you have uh, prepared <laughs> for us? 
apparently don't wear sneakers rob that's, <laughs> that's how i would go about it all right thank you um boy oh boy it, it was when it rains it pours last i tried to do some kind of segue it was it was just terrible anyway uh <laughs> last night rich I, I mean not unexpected what is it teams are 14 and 0 when losing game one and game two in a seven game set in their last 14 it's a crazy crazy number uh but boston comes out there and and i guess the sixers hung around to an extent in the first half and then and then it just came unglued what were you just give me your impressions of the game generally yeah i mean that's that's what the impression was rob i thought uh the the big thing was i was just watching Embiid and how he looked and you know, I think watching him, I would say, first off, he was better defensively than I thought he would look, honestly. I thought some of his short area quickness, some of the blocks, some of the change of directions when he got switches, like you could see it early in the game. In game one, it was it was a layup line for most of the night for the Celtics. It was not a layup line last night, and he was good enough to make, you know, five blocks in the first half. But Sixers offense was a lot clunkier, and while I think part of it was just they didn't shoot as well, Harden wasn't as good. I think the long layoff really helped him in game one. And this is something he's going to have to deal with. Uh, Part of it was that they were clunky because they were reintegrating him back into the lineup. Like that seems like it was clear to me. um, And that's my big takeaway. And and after the game, you know, I think a lot of people wondered, you know, should he have played? Could they have waited a couple extra days and the Sixers? And he made the point that, you know, he, he basically was like, I was going to be bad the first game regardless. Like, I have not picked up a basketball for two weeks. So the goal is hopefully that it happened and we got it out of the way in game two. And then in game three, hopefully, you know, he, he comes back to play. Because I, I will say this. Over the last couple of years, he is he's really struck me as kind of a rhythm basketball player that, you know, the last couple of years he's played 65 plus games in both of those years. So he has these stretches where he plays 15, 16, 20 games in a row in the middle of those stretches, I think is usually when he plays his best, when he's just like continually playing night after night after night. And yeah, you know, maybe that might not be the best thing for his body. Who knows? I actually think it is, you know, a good thing for his body, but it certainly is the best thing for his shot, for his handle, for all of those things. And you saw the exact opposite of the spectrum last night because he couldn't play for two yeah. weeks. So that was the main thing I saw. Overall, Sixers lost. Uh, I was expecting Boston to fire back. I think disappointing effort to not make that close. But we have seen a lot of series where there is very little correlation between one game and the next one. And the Sixers, I think for the most part, said, you know, we got our split. And while it was disappointing, I, I do agree with them. They, they did get their split. They did go up there and, and accomplish the goal they were looking to do. All right, Rich, I have to ask you this question because I brought it up at the top of the show. As weird as this sounds, Embiid, your scoring champion, finally gets his just due being the MVP of the league. But I said this and I said, am I crazy thinking this? I think the Sixers play better without him. They get everybody more involved in the offense. Their transition game has a lot more pep and a step. When he's on the court, they have, to, they have to slow everything down and run it through him. You know, And I know he's won a lot of games for them, but in a situation like this against Boston, I just think they're a better match for Boston, as crazy as it sounds, without him. Yeah, I think you're crazy, Derek. I think, I think he, needs to, <laughs> he needs to be on the court. I agree with you, Rich. <laughs> Wait a minute. You didn't say you agreed with, with uh, Rich off the top of the show. Yes, I you did. They're was, not you, better off without him being. You, you thought I made up a good point. Yeah, it's a good – I think it's an interesting talking point, but I don't think they're better off without him being. I just had like, to throw it out there. I know. It's, I got you. Well, 
It's fine. The, and it's kind of what I was talking about earlier. I definitely think they're they were better. Like I think they would have had a better chance in last night's game without Embiid, just because reintegrating him back into the offense. Guys, there were a lot of possessions last night where there were like six seconds on the shot clock because they were trying to get him the ball at the free throw line and they kind of forgot how to do it. And whether that was, you know, the, the passing not being quite as good, I think some of it, like he was not carving out space like he normally would. The Celtics, rightfully so, were very aggressive against him. I thought that was yeah. a smart tactic by them. They had guys like Grant Williams just denying him the ball at all times. So I, I definitely think last night bringing him back hurt. But I think in the long run, they are going to need him to play well. And I, and I think it's mostly Derek because of the defense, because I just think they, they fundamentally cannot stop this team unless he's mm. on the court. And, you know, look, I, Boston has counters like they shot 53s last night. And that is a number that Joe Missoula, like their, their coach. I don't think a lot of people know a lot about him just because he comes in early this year in kind of a weird circumstance where he gets promoted. He's just 33 years old. He certainly doesn't say a lot after games. But the one thing talking to the Boston people, he's like a zealot for we need to shoot a bunch of threes. That's how we're going to win games. And he even said it after game one where he was like, we only took 26 threes, which in some ways I think is, is good for the Sixers. Part of the reason they didn't take 26 threes in game one is they were laying the ball in the basket every other time. So it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like it was a completely bad thing. But they do have the counter where, OK, if Joel helps, you know, They'll start to spread him out with Horford, who didn't make any threes last night. But yeah. it is a uh, a tough thing to guard. But ultimately, I, I think they are going to need Joel. Uh, they're going to need that defense, and and they're just going to have to be a lot better on uh, on offense. And you know what, guys? Like, I don't know if they're going to win. I, I expect them to be a lot better tomorrow night. Yeah. I, I yeah. do. Um, and it's you know, it's it's one of the it's tough. It's one of those things about the NBA where you just there's like one or two games a series that just you know teams get completely blown out you know i saw it with boston last series yep. they completely blew the doors off atlanta in the first two games atlanta comes back and wins game three like it, it does happen a decent amount it hasn't happened to the six years yet this playoffs which has been a good thing but um you know it, it was definitely a disappointing effort but I, I think the sixers there was like a sense of calm in that locker room like okay we got him back he's getting it up and he got up and down the floor okay like we'll figure this out yeah, I, I think the way I looked at it, Rich, offensively with Embiid is the struggle you might have if you're if you're Doc is you'd like to run your regular season offense, you know, all that stuff with at the nail and all that and the pick and rolls and all that, and maybe he's not quite capable or does or isn't confident enough, maybe. And so you sort of try to have it. You're trying to do kind of what you did game one. You're kind of trying to incorporate him. It's not helping that nobody's hitting a shot, and then it just snowballs from yeah. there. Hopefully, if you get the rust knocked off. He looks, you can run some of your more, you know, go-to stuff, if you will, in game three, you know, and the sacrificial lamb was last game. I, I think so, Rob. And I think the, the way the game started to Joe was locked in on defense, but he tried to let the game come to him on offense, which I think screwed with their spacing a little bit. Like mm. he, he can't let the game come with, come to him to that level against Boston. They're not going to double like Brooklyn did, uh, and, and, you know, when they throw the ball to him at the post or at the nail, wherever it is, like he's got to go score. Like, that's just that's how it's got to be. So, you know, hopefully that's that was their talking point after the game that that he knocked the rust afterwards. I don't know. Like, I, I can't predict the future. I certainly don't think they're their favorites in this series, but um, hopefully they can do that. I think uh, I, I do think he will be better. But, yeah, like he, he certainly looked rusty and. You know, there was that stretch in the third quarter, right? Like he, I think on four straight possessions, they're down seven points when this stretch starts. 
misses a wide open layup that Tobias Harris throws him a lot. Then he misses a 15 foot jumper, which is like out of the pick and roll, his bread and butter jumper makes that in his sleep during the regular season. Just didn't make it last night. Then he misses an open three. And then he turns the ball over on like a no hope pass. It's four possessions in a row, no bucket from your best player and a turnover. And then the game just starts to get out of hand. I, I got to imagine that'll be better in the next game. But I, I think that's why this is important against his team. They're not going to double team him a crazy on that. Like they are going to make him score 35 points against him. And I think when he's healthy, when he's right, he's certainly capable of that. They got nobody that can handle him. You even saw it on those couple possessions in the first half, you know, like the jumper in Grant Williams face. Then he goes all the way to the rim and dunks on uh, Horford. He's capable of it, but he needs to be right. And he needs to be confident in that, uh, in that knee. So we'll see. Do you think he can get right? You're talking about a, um, a, a second-degree sprain, which basically entails a minor tear. And he's got to drag that hardware around up and down the court as well. That injury is usually a four- to six-week injury. He came back in like two weeks. So I'm glad you said that because the first thing I'm thinking is, I don't know if he'll get right this entire series. I, I don't know if if what we saw last night was a premonition of what's to come in terms of what he can give them. You know, we're used to seeing him play 38 to 40 minutes. Doc may have to control his minutes to 27, 28 minutes just to keep him available on the floor. Yeah, uh, and he said it last night. He actually said that, yeah. Derek. He said that he was like, look, my injury is usually a four- to six-week injury or something like that, and he said I'm not going to be 100% this entire series. Yeah. So as far as what that's going to feel like for the rest of the series, I do think last night, like whatever he's feeling inside, whatever level of pain – uh, he's going to have to deal with that at least through this series. He yeah, That was yeah. the way he said it. But I think he's such an amazing athlete mm-hmm. and such a smart player that mm-hmm. it's it's more a matter of, okay, can I get better at dealing with it, working around it, um, still finding ways to contribute, still finding ways to make my jump shot. And, and I think there's a reason to believe that he will get better at that. But, yeah, he said mm-hmm. it. He's like and, – and that was his rationale for coming back last night. He said – you know, as much as two days would have been nice, he said, I, I don't think that would have made a huge difference. He was mm. like, I would have been rusty in game three. I would have felt roughly the same in terms of, you know, how I felt walking up the door. Like two days would not have been a complete miracle cure for that. So uh, I, I definitely think like, yeah, that this is their reality. He is not going to be 100% the rest of the playoffs. Uh, that said, you know, and again, I don't know exactly what he's dealing with in terms of pain. Like, is it is it really hard every night? Is it, you know, is it a shooting pain every once in a while? Like, what what is it exactly? The one thing I will give him credit for is that dude plays through some serious stuff. In the yep. playoffs. Yeah. He generally does. And it, it sucks for him and for just anybody, even just a, a general basketball fan, that he has to continue to deal with this stuff. <laughs> These kind of fluke injuries where even on this one, like Cam Thomas basically trips, he trips over him like, that could have happened in any regular season game possible. But, you know, whether it's the finger, whether it's the face, whether it's the knee injuries a couple years ago, he does suit up and play through these things. So yeah. I, I think overall it, it's definitely a, a good thing to have him back. But, yeah, you're you're not going to get regular season MVP. So here's his chance to be epic. You know, if, if he can get him through this series to where they're favored in the next series probably, then, like, I, I think we're talking about an epic postseason run considering he is very banged up, it looks like. Mm. Rich, uh, let, let's go back to Harden. Um, you know, nine days is one thing, and he and he looked like James Harden, circa you know twenty five years old. 
the rest of the way, I know there's like a two day stretch between six and seven, I think, or whatever it is, but it's mostly going to be every other day here. Um, are we buying that he can, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last night, but can he be that guy? Because, you know, Tatum's not going to score seven or nine like he did the other night. You're going to have to put up a lot of points here. No, they were, they were physical with him last night. They changed the matchup up, too. They put Jalen Brown on him instead of Smart, which, I don't know, they they seemed like they were trying to toggle with the Embiid matchup. You know, Rob, I this whole postseason, I, I feel like I've been kind of taking – like crazy pills kind of watching Harden because I, I don't know if people are seeing what, what I'm seeing. Like to me, he's getting by people pretty consistently. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. once he gets into the paint, it's a, it is, was a disaster in the Brooklyn series. It was a disaster last night. It was unbelievable in game one for some reason with the layoff. Uh, and even last night, like I still think he has the burst, the, the wiggle to kind of get by these guys one-on-one. I mean, Jalen Brown in that first game, he smoked him on a move that looked like it was 2017 Harden all over again. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there is going to be a happy medium in between. He, he He's not doing the game one thing again. That game one performance was just a, a complete masterpiece that was it, – it's going to be really hard to replicate. But they're going to need him to be better than he was last night. Like, they're going to need something in, like, the 20 and 10 range, keep the offense moving. And that's where Embiid comes into play, right? Like, I think coming into the playoffs, most people thought, okay, they don't need throwback the – you know, turn back the clock, James Harden. They just need you know, 17 and 10, keep the offense moving, get Joel the ball in his spots, get Tyrese the ball in his spots, and the Sixers have enough to compete with pretty much every team. Now, with Embiid compromised, they probably need a little bit more than that, right? They don't need 45 points, but they need, you know, 20 and 10. They're going to need minutes where, you know, he's playing with Paul Reed, who's played really well, I would say, for the most part. Like, they, those backup units – they're going to need him to take over during those minutes. And Joe Mazzola has said it all the time, too. He's like, I know that Embiid's back, but even in that first game, I, I said it, he, Joe Mazzola was like, the, the non-Embiid minutes are so key for us because that guy does not really lose too many minutes even if he has compromised. So we have to turn it up in those minutes. So Harden's going to have to be really good. Uh, and I, I agree with you. It's, it's a happy medium. He's not going to be as good as he was in game one. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was in game two, but it's, it's got to be a little bit closer to game one than we know. There's, there's a big, big gap between those two. Rich, do the Sixers have the perimeter defense to stymie Boston from taking 50 threes? That's, that's the question, Gunner. That's the, that's yeah. the whole thing. That's why these guys are a brutal matchup for them because uh, they can go five out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about Joel, Joel's help defense. Part of the reason is help defense. It, it, it puts him in an impossible situation where he's guarding Al Horford, who stunk last night. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, for the Sixers' sake, uh, uh, say he continues to stink. But he has the decision where you know who is it? Tatum, Smart, Brown, whoever it is, yeah. White, yeah. Brogdon, Brogdon, who's you know an excellent offensive player off the bench. Mm-hmm. They're getting by their guys, and he has a decision. Okay, I can help. I can cut off this this layup, this shot. But these guys are just going to throw the ball right to Horford, and he's a 45% three-point shooter. And that's a very difficult thing. And I think all season the Sixers and Bede has talked about it. The Sixers have talked about it. We have to be better kind of guarding our own man. And this is the ultimate test of this. That it, it will not get harder for them in an individual series because there's really nowhere to, hard, uh, to hide mm-hmm. for, for Harden or Maxi. I think, I think Smart is really the only hiding spot at this point. He had a good game last night. Some of those shots I was thinking like, Okay, I was like, Sixers might live with some of those. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if he's, you know, capable of making those on a consistent basis. 
But besides that, you know, you have a lot of situations where I'm looking on the court and it's like, man, James Harden is guarding Jalen Brown, not on a switch, like on purpose. Like, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's hard for the Sixers to match up. Uh, Jalen Brown is, is terrific. I, I do think they've done a very good job on Tatum. I imagine he's going to play better, but certainly have had some success against him both in the regular season and in these first couple of games. But that's the whole that's the whole point of this gunner. Like I think getting back in transition is the first thing mm-hmm. that's really hard. The Celtics really run the ball down your throat if if you miss shots. And that's why the offense is really important. But then once you get in the half court, can you stay in front of these guys one on one? This is not a this is not a very uh it, it's an excellent offense Boston has, but it's not like a, a Golden State Steph Curry off ball movement kind of communicating through all these screens. They're they're matchup hunting, they're picking one matchup. They're they're spacing the floor properly, and they're saying that whoever it is, often Brown or Tatum, are going to beat that matchup one on one and make the right play, and then they'll drive and kick. And that's for the Sixers. That's the big thing. Now, you know they're they're going back home. I, I think their role players are going to defend better. They're just going to have more energy, and and frankly, the Sixers have better personnel than they have in past years. Like a guy like Melton, we saw in Game One, like he can hang on the floor with these guys. You know, you just got to hope. You know, the Jalen McDaniels of the world. PJ can can hold up in in the right spots because he's getting a lot of those tough matchups as well. It's it's a very hard task. I think they are better equipped than they are in the past, but it, it's tough, and that's the whole game. Stay in front of these guys one on one. And Rich, that's what I was going to follow up with you. So let's kind of stay on the bench for a minute. It, it we know the impact that Melton had in Game One, and he you know he, they got contributions. He wasn't alone, and you know uh, B-ball Paul starting played very well. But this is like the regular season. They're wildly inconsistent off of that bench. You know, and, and you look at it with Boston, the personnel they're going to throw at you. You know, I know Brogdon was on fire last night, but, but you know, Brogdon and, and the Williamses, et cetera, you, you just feel more confident, at least I do, in Boston's bench that consistently they're going to be better. I just don't know what you're getting from the Sixers night in and night out. Niang is almost unplayable sometimes. Yeah, and I, I think Doc has to think long and hard about playing Niang in the series. I know he, he had that really bad moment. It was kind of mystifying. Watching him pass up that three yeah. was like – I don't know if George is playable in this series. Like you, I actually said that before the series, Rob, uh, just watching him play against Boston in the regular season. But to watch him pass up that quick trigger three was like shocking to me. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing he's unbelievable at. Like yeah, well, that's, you're paid. That's why you're in the league. George. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, a, and you have a lot of guys on the team who pass up that shot. Eh, I'm going to be a little, you know, I'm going to be, you know, a little, you know, driving to the rim here right. or whatever. Just, you know, a little passive here. That's the thing about George, and that's why Joel loves George. James loves George. You're like that guy just fires it right away, and yeah, you know, at the end of the year, he shoots the back of the baseball card. It's like 41 percent every time. It's it's certainly an effective player, but because of what Gunner was just talking about the the one on one defense thing, it's yeah. like they're gonna just search out George, and they're they're just gonna go by him. It's it's a tough matchup. So I would consider probably playing somebody like Daniel House uh, instead of him. Like I I think. That's something Doc has to think about. Doc likes playing George, but and I know he made a couple threes when the Celtics doubled in the uh, in the first game, but I don't expect that to happen quite as much moving forward. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like the the bench is it, it's an up and down group, and compared to Boston, the, the problem, Rob, is that like the top seven guys of Boston, the, the two guys off the bench, Brogdon and Robert Williams, mm-hmm. are the, that's the best sixth and seventh guy in the league. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just not even close. Those guys are starters mm-hmm. on pretty much any other team and they play wonderfully with the rest of their off. They can, they can toggle between the two big lineup with Horford and Robert Williams. Uh, they, can, they can go small and Brogdon can handle the ball. They can 
play both of those guys at the end of the game. And I think the, the other guy that played really well last night, like the, the Sixers shot really poorly, but they also got beat to every 50-50 ball last night. Yep. They can't have yep. They they won the possession game and the first that, that was the underrated thing about the first game. Despite the fact that the Celtics were had a layup line, they won the possession game. The Sixers won the rebounding battle and they won the turnover battle by a mile. And that completely flipped last night. And this is a team they're gonna have to do a lot better than that. Like if, if the Boston has more shots than them, I really struggle to find the Sixers winning those games. Uh, mm. and the guy who I thought was really good in terms of winning the possession battle for Boston was Grant Williams, who has yeah. been in and out of the lineup. And he makes that hustle play at the end of the first quarter where there's there's a 50-50 ball. I would argue it might have been 60-40. Like the ball was at Maxie's feet. He probably had a chance to pick it up. And Grant Williams jumps on the floor, gets it. Boom, back-breaking smart three, which I've seen 85 times against the Sixers in in Boston at the end of the shot clock. It just, it just tends to happen that way. Yeah. Uh, those type of plays can, um, can happen. And, you know, it's funny. Like he's been in and out of the rotation, but for Boston, I think most of their their writers and most of the people will tell you that Grant Williams is is much more effective against the Sixers and the Bucks. Like the, he's a Giannis and Embiid type of guy where he can just he can kind of eat innings against them. And yeah, maybe they'll score a bunch of points. And by the way, Embiid in that last regular season game, he scored a bunch of points against Grant it's Williams too. when they put him <laughs> when they put him. And the, the majority of that was on Grant Williams. Uh, but he he can space the floor and kind of do those little things. So when you look at the Sixers, like they're just going to need, you know, they're going to need better play from guys like Mel, uh, from like Melton. I think Jalen McDaniels needs to play a little bit better. He might even need to play a little more. Like I know he didn't play a ton last night, but they're, they're going to have to have games where he makes two threes for them. Um, do you go to house? I, I do think the one positive on the bench is I have never been more confident about a backup center right now. <laughs> For the right. Sixers, the B-ball Paul, which is ridiculous because he makes yeah. me laugh five times a game with kind of his quirky playing style, like the behind the back pass he threw last night. I was oh. just cackling. It was so funny. It was an amazing pass, though. Yeah. Uh, so I feel really good about him, and I also feel really good. Uh, Gunner mentioned this too before. Like, I don't think you have to play Embiid forty minutes a game right, right now. With this guy. Like, like I think B-ball Paul can play twelve to fourteen minutes a yeah. game, and it's okay. Like, like he's he's not going to foul a ton. Like, he's not going to be crazy, and he's going to make the correct offensive plays like the things he the plays he made down the stretch of game one were amazing like those free throws all net uh you know he, he gets hardened gets doubled and he has the confidence in a playoff game to throw the pocket pass to b-ball paul and say he's gonna make the right play and he gets fouled so i feel pretty good about that and I, I think the hope is just this is the old adage this is what like any you know basketball lifer or basketball coach will tell you just the the role players play better at home and that's generally the case so that's what they're gonna Rich, I also think it's imperative they do a much – you were talking about it a moment ago, being more assertive in the 50-50 ball situations, especially in the offensive end. They didn't get an offensive rebound until the 9.30 mark of the second quarter. They have to do a better job of keeping the game's momentum at an even keel. Would you agree? Yeah, and that's the – but that, that's the balance, though, with the gunner because the yeah. problem is when they go for offensive rebounds, yeah, they also expose themselves to transition mm. buckets. It's okay. kind of the – and – but but look, it, it helps. Like it certainly helped them in the first game when PJ Tucker is being a nuisance on the offensive yes, glass yes. and creating extra shots. So it's it's almost like the game almost starts once the Sixers miss a shot, and it's like, yeah. can they get the offensive rebound and get a back-breaking second chance, or is Boston going to be running four on three on the other end when yeah. they're going to get either a layup or a wide open three? Uh, it, it's a it's a great question. It's like a, a great part of this. Like, do they get back? Because the Sixers, that that is another reason why this is a tough matchup for the Sixers. Boston. Mm -hmm is a very good trans 
transition offense team. Sixers traditionally very bad transition defense team. And I think some of those things can be cleaned up. Like some of the reason the Sixers are a bad transition team. And this is, I don't think this is like talking out of school for them. They just don't try as hard in the regular season. They just (laughs) obviously Harden and Maxi are not like great as they call them, get back guys, Mm -hmm. uh, guards that just get back and treasures. They're not great at that, but also they, they don't give like the greatest effort during the regular season. And those things I think generally change in the playoffs. And I think they have changed. Like you saw in game one, they win the possession battle. I thought in that net series, despite, despite being kind of a less athletic team for a lot of that series, they still got, they still won the possession battle. But yeah, like I think it's, it's really important for them to win games like PJ Tucker making those nuisance plays. Like those plays are, back-breaking plays for the other team. I saw it. We saw it on the other end for the Sixers last year when he was getting those offensive rebounds for the Heat. There's like, you know, when the Sixers score after those plays, it's it's two or three points on the scoreboard, but it like it, it's like a body blow for the other team. It yeah. just it does not feel good to them. So that's that's really important, guys. Like, yeah. So I, I definitely think they need to be a lot better. And the, and the other thing was the Sixers in game one, you know, we're talking six turnovers. That was the other underrated yeah, thing yeah. about Harden's yeah. game. Harden... You know, what, what did Harden take? 30 shots in that game. He had mm-hmm. six assists. He had three turnovers. That's yeah. it. With, with the stand the whole game. Yeah. Yep. And they had six the entire game. So that completely flipped last night. Sixers had a bunch of turnovers. And I think that can be attributable to Joel. Spacing was jacked up the entire night. And, th- and that's what it was. But uh, that needs to change. They, they need to, if Boston is taking more shots than them, they're they not going to win. But I have a feeling that's we saw kind of two extremes. We saw the Sixers really dominate that in the first game. We saw the Celtics dominate in the second game. I, I think it's going to be a little. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. A bit closer once we get to Philly. Okay. Rich, last one from me. I, I want to jump over to the other, the other bracket, if you will. Uh, the Knicks and the Heat. Who comes out of that one? You know, it's it's hard, Rob. Like, I think the Knicks have not looked that impressive considering they lost game one at home mm-hmm. and then they kind of eked out game two and Jimmy yeah. didn't play in that yep. game. And I, I think it really comes down to Jimmy's health. Like, I, it's crazy to say because Miami was a bad team the entire year. Wow. But if Jimmy is, you know, if that, that ankle is okay and, you know, he's able to kind of summon his normal playoff Jimmy stuff, I think I, I probably favor them just because, they have a little bit more playoff experience. Uh, I think they have the best player in the series, even though Brunson was was terrific and and really has been kind of a revelation. I really enjoy watching that guy play. Um, so so I, I think I would favor the Heat, but but if if Butler is not at the level that we have normally seen from him, I think the Knicks are deeper. They just have more guys, and it's. I, I think I watch that series, guys, and I look at the Sixers, and I'm like, man, like I can just get past this series. Uh, 
you're hosting the next two. I don't know about, you know, the NBA finals, if they, they would get there. I think that would kind of be a more evenly matched series, but I think they would be definite favorites in that series next time. So it's like, you know, we, we've talked about the entire year and I think it's natural for fans to be like, Oh, can they get past the second round? Can they, you know, farther advance the playoffs? Once we get to the playoffs, like, come on, the goal is to win a title. Like that's what'll make people happy. Right. Yeah. And it's funny that the point is they might lose in the second round because they're playing the best team in the league. Like they might, but if they can get past it, then the path to the final is not quite as hard as it was made out to be like they have a chance to host the next two rounds. So that's why uh, I guess that's part of the reason I'm, you know, I think, I think these games are going to have a lot of juice this week, guys. Like I think if they're able to, you know, summon up some like epic type of performances. If they can have one of those nights where they shoot 50% from three, like I think in addition to playing poorly last night, guys, they're not shooting 20% from three again. They've been the best three point shooting team in the league. They're going to shoot better from beyond the arc. Uh, All right. I'm sorry, Rich. I got one final question for you uh, about the West. I'm still not sold on Denver getting to the finals <laughs> as well as Denver's played. I'm just, I, I'm just can't buy into Denver. I thought it was impressive that the Lakers go on the road and find a way to win in Golden State had the best home record in the league. A Golden State team that found a way to win two games down in Sacramento. Um, is is are the Lakers the, the most dangerous team in the West? Are we are we not really looking at them? It's. I, I think they have a huge shot to get out of there. I, I think it's when I, I look at that bracket. I know Denver is up uh, two nothing, and I think Chris Paul's injury hurts Phoenix. Not because he was playing all that well, because they just don't have a lot of guys. You know, they made right. one of those in season trades, and it's like when you're like a four or five guy team, you, you really can't afford one of those guys to be out of the lineup. But let, let, let's say he he comes back at some point. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I know Phoenix is in a really tough spot here. I wouldn't be stunned if any of these teams made the finals, right? Because, yes. you know, the Warriors, obviously, you have to respect everything they've done. And, you know, even when they dug themselves a hole in that last series, they were able to to right the ship. And Steph Curry in an elimination game, like, you could just tell, like, that's that's a different level of experience. That's a different level of, you know, a, a pressure player. Um, but I think the Lakers have a really good chance, too. Like, their defense mm-hmm. is awesome. I think mm-hmm. Anthony Davis – you know, I think Jimmy's probably been the MVP of the playoffs so far, but Anthony Davis's defense has been so unbelievably legit. Out of his like, mind. Switch, wow. switch, protect the rim. That that game six against Memphis, the closeout game, I mean, he was just blocking every single shot, and he was best player on the floor by a mile against Golden State last night. So that defense is legit. They got other guys that I think that trade that they made in season, Huge. they have guys like Reeves, too, who can step up. They got guys like like Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura is playing better for them. I absolutely think they can make it out of the West. Guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, you know, it's, but, but all of those teams have flaws and that's kind of my point yeah. with the Sixers. If they make the final, like if the Sixers play the, play the finals, like I will talk about those teams. Like they have flaws in a way that I don't talk about Boston's flaws, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of, that's the way we're looking at it here, but look, Sixers got their split and, you know, I was, pretty down on their chances coming into the series. I, I did not think they were going to get a split in those first two games. So mm. they, they've already proven me wrong a little bit. Rich, great information, man. Uh, appreciate you, man. it. Yeah. It's yeah. always good uh, talking Sixers with you. And I tell everybody, follow you on Twitter at rich underscore Hoffman. And of course uh, at the athletic PHI rich. Thanks, man. Appreciate a couple minutes. Appreciate you, bro. See ya. Take care. Right, That's Rich Hoffman Jr. Uh, he's awesome. He's awesome, man. That was great insight from Rich. Um, all right, let's get a quickie in here, here, Gunner, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little Phillies coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll do our NFL segment. we got some more NBA for you a little bit later. 
story, a college baseball story, which I'll share with you too when we get back. Uh, I think you might find interesting. Do all that when we return. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you about our friends at Pro Action Restoration. Yeah, if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through it. It's the pain and the inconvenience of water, of fire, of smoke, of mold damage. You're saying to yourself, I don't know how to clean this up. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to turn to. Well, I do. I know who to turn to here. It's Pro Action Restoration. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you that because I went through it. I went through it at my parents' house a few years back. Pro Action Restoration called them. They were there. They cleaned it up. The crew was professional. The price was right. You name it. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, it could be water, could be fire, could be smoke, could be mold damage. You name it, they're there and they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
Amigos. We are back hanging out with you Thursday, Thursday, May 4th. Uh, Rob and Derek, Sports Take. All right, how about this story, Derek? Um, Alabama has hot, has fired their baseball coach, Brad Bohan. Yeah, five days after suspicious wagering was detected on the Crimson Tide and LSU game. The school Uh-oh. announced, yeah, yes, um, their their athletic director announced the school's initiated a termination process for Bohan and for, among other things, violating the standards, duties, and responsibilities expected of universal uh, university employees. Um, the alleged suspicious activity took place last Friday at the sports book at, the, at Great American Ballpark, according to Ohio Casino Control Commission. Uh, the, the OOC's investigation is centered on two bets on the Tigers to win from the same unidentified customer. <clears throat> Multiple sources tell ESPN it was not known as of Thursday afternoon whether any potential connection existed between Bohannon and the bets in question, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If, you know, if I'm reading between the lines, right, they think he may have bet against his own team. Oof. How, if that is the case, how dumb can you be? First of all, college baseball coaches don't make the money. Obviously, the college football and college basketball coaches right. do. Those programs yep. usually fund the other sports. But when you're, you're the head coach at a program like Alabama, you're making good money, you know, yeah. Yeah. more money than most people will ever see in their lifetime. Why the heck are you betting when you know the ramifications behind it? Why the heck are you betting, number one? And number two, and we obviously we're, we're speculating, but if it is ter- turns out to be the truth, how dumb can you be to bet against your own team? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the commission, yeah, they were alerted to the alleged activity last Friday by independent Las Vegas-based integrity firm, U.S. Integrity, which works with the OCCC and the SEC to monitor the betting, the betting market. Um, but anyway, they've hauled it all gambling, all bets on Alabama games for right now. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. And not only that, Rob. <clears throat> If you're going to bet, you know what you do? You give the money to somebody else, like right. a trainer. I know, you know, somebody who's not even you have somebody use somebody else's account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A friend. So, and give them, you know, are you, are you really that dumb? Because now you may never get another prominent coaching job again. Yeah. Um, at the big time college level to coach a, a, a sport that you love. Uh, are you that desperate for money that you really, I mean, I understand some people look at it as a hobby. Some people it's an addiction, but you gotta be a lot smarter than this, man. I mean, it's seriously. crazy to me. Like, and the other thing is you go bet an NBA game or, or go bet yeah. you know, something else. You're a moron for betting your own sport, you know, against and, and your own team. Right. If that's what it is, I mean, you could potentially be throwing a game, but even if you were betting for your team to win, you, you don't bet college baseball, period, because no. that's your sport. It's just a, it's just dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get I it. I don't get it, dude. I, I don't get people thinking nowadays. I just don't. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot in a lot of facets in life, I just don't get it. You know, especially because everything is so magnified now due to social media. Everybody knows everything. You see the pros and cons of your actions, and yeah. you still are willing to take that risk. 
And Big Brother yeah, sees I, I, everything. Like, yes, like there's there's too it. many there's too many ways for you to get caught. It's too many. So I mean, ba- tiddlywinks, ba- basket weaving, a test anything, other yeah. than your own sport, man. I, I don't get it. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll see where that one goes. But he's yeah, he's he's out. He's yeah, I think he's in big trouble. He, if this turns out to be true, he my man won't be coaching again. You know that's for sure. No. Uh uh-uh. All right. Uh, beyond that, let's let, let's uh, let, let's take a look at the Phillies here. I I, I am in. Um, I'm in firing mode for somebody, Derek. I'm there. Uh oh, who? Craig Uh-oh. Kimbrell, uh, aka Gas Can, uh, aka Bonfire, uh, yeah. aka the Fire Starter. Uh, he yeah. has been brutal. Okay, um, his ERA this season is an eight point two five. Okay, what happened to the Kimbrel we thought we were getting? I think the he's past the odometer. I, I think he's the mileage has gotten to him, man. It might it might be time to turn the car into the you know to the to the dealer or the shop. Uh, he go he, he comes in in the ninth. He gets he records one out, gives up two hits, four runs. There's two yep. walks, one's intentional, but the home runs a grand slam on 17 pitches. Uh, it, you know the Phillies had scrapped and clawed back to 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 tie the game. Yes. Uh, with a clutch hit by Bryson Stott, and then he just gives it right back up. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, first of all, I think he needs to come out of that chicken wing stance of his before he delivers his pitch. Yeah, yeah. The you stork know, I'm tired. He looks like a stork. That. I have no idea. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what that has to do with the overall mechanics of him throwing a pitch. But number two, you know, we were just talking about the depth and rotation this team has on the back end. And – Kimbrel, uh, you're gonna have to find a, another spot for him, because whatever you're paying him, you should you should ask for a rebate on your money right now, because he ain't giving it to you. I'm and telling you, they're paying he, him well. Yeah, you know, and, but but look at look at what happened with Alvarado. You know, this dude yeah. has been lights out. Yeah, and then he comes in and wait, where's his numbers? Three but, hits, but in, two earned runs. In fairness, Derek, the one that they ruled a hit. Is a play that Sosa's got to make all day. It's I a, get it. It was, I get it was it. home cooking that score. But you know that that score giving in that Dodgers a hit on Barnes a hit on that. That's a play Sosa has to make. And Sosa's got five errors. You know he is supposed to be a glove man. He has not been a glove man so far this year. But yeah, I I it was the hardest I've seen them hit him all year though. He was they were hitting him balls really on on the screws. And I hadn't seen that all year against him. No, I haven't either. I, and, and Nola, Nola was pitching. Nola was dealing for a while. I'm thinking, okay, you had the perfect equalizer to cool off the Dodgers' bats in Nola. When I left my house, it was five nothing Phillies. Right. You know, when I got to my destination, I got locked in doing what I was supposed to be doing, and then I get a notification: it's five four. I'm like, uh-huh. five four. I thought the game was over as, as fast as that game was moving. Yeah, I thought the game was over. That game was moving. And then I get and another notification. Started crawling. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's uh, the thing, you know. You get, a get fi- another notification. Dodgers up six five. Well, you could stake to a five nothing lead, which Nola did. Can't give it up. Yeah, you know, six and a third, four runs, no. seven hits. No, he gives man. up the home run. He's got a four six four ERA. Yes, dude. You know the laws of averages are. When you play a series and the first two games you get bombed like that, normally you win that third game. You cool the bats yeah. off and you win that third game and you, you, you and you kind of slither out of town, you know, with one out of three in a series. 
They gave up 36 runs in a three-game series to a Dodgers team that had coming in uh, that, that's on a six-game winning streak. But we're not the Dodgers we're accustomed to seeing with oh, the way sure. the, the complexion of their roster had changed. Dude, it was like batting practice for the Dodgers in this series. Mm-hmm. That's frightening. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I mean, you look at the runs allowed in that. What was it, 13, 13, 10? Yes. Woof. Yes. That's bad. Now, now let me ask you this. When when, when the Phillies got to 500, to a 500 record, whether you're looking at it from a professional analyst or a fandom, Rob Ellis, did you think the team had finally turned the corner when they got to sea level? I did. I did. Um, I did too. I agree. Because they're, the, the last outing, Nola pitched well. The last outing, Wheeler pitched well. Your bullpen yep. had been pretty lights out, and you were getting Harper back. I just thought adding him to this lineup, it was it was going to be – yeah, I mean, I the, the shame of it is you wasted a good uh, road trip. Like, you could have – if you would have just salvaged yesterday, you come out of the road trip even, three and three. You uh, would have been a 500 team. Instead, you're 15 and 17. You go two and four on the road trip. It was a bad loss yesterday. Any way you slice it, it was just a really, yeah, really yeah. bad loss. You could have gotten out there with a good taste in your mouth, hopping on a plane with a day off today, which they do need uh, before you start the Boston series tomorrow. And, you know, it was just wasted. It was wasted by bad defense. Castellanos had a bad defensive play. Schwarber so yeah, immobile yeah. out there. He can't get to anything. Um, you know, it's tough. It was, it was a really tough game. Uh, it was. It, it reminded me of early in the season because yes. they had won four straight series yes. prior to yesterday. You know, you bring you bring up Boston. Boston right now is in fourth place in the AL East. But oh, by the way, Boston right now is on a five-game winning streak, four games above five hundred, and they have scored the third most runs in the majors. Their Boston team can hit. Yeah. So I think I believe if I'm not mistaken, what Wheeler's on the mound tomorrow? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Isn't it Wheeler? Yes. I yeah. can't wait to see what he looks like going against this Boston lineup tomorrow. Yeah, it's. I, I'm curious still. I am coming off the game that he pitched the last time. Yeah, I am curious. Yeah, you go Wheeler, Falter, Walker, who's been bad, and then uh, Strom. That's your next four games. Yeah. So yeah, Boston can hit. Uh, their pitching's not quite what it was. They still have some guys trying to figure it out. Chris Sale's not what he used to be. Kluber's not what he used to be. So mm. you know, there's some opportunities there. Now there is good news. The good news is Bryce Harper yesterday. This was his second game playing. The first game back, three strikeouts, 0 for 4. Yesterday, 3 for 3, two walks, was on base five times. Uh, Derek, the other thing that I noticed in the game, he had two situations of where he needed to slide. One mm-hmm. was into second on his double, and he slid mm-hmm. on his right butt cheek. Uh, left yeah. butt cheek. Left, left, left. Left yep. butt cheek. <laughs> head feet first <laughs> so that's what they that's what they're trying to get him to do rather than the yeah. head first where you can you know jam the jam the elbow right so that that's good and then he had a play at home on the on the tying run in the ninth inning again slid on the on the proper butt cheek so i think it's hard as it is for him not to go head first because that's his natural way of sliding you know maybe they've gotten the gotten it across to them I, I I believe because of his aggressiveness, I believe instinct is just going to take over when you least expect it. He's going to go head first. It's yep. just it's just the nature of what you do. He's so aggressive. He's such a technician at the plate, running the base pads. That no matter what you've had to relearn to reinvent yourself, 
all of a sudden that natural instinct, the thing that you've done through Little League, high school, college, pros, that got you to where you are right now, it's going to take over, and that's when you're going to hold your breath. Because usually as soon as these slides, timeouts call, gets the arm brace from the dugout, continues going. I just think, man, you got, you're going to have to hold your breath every time he slides do. Because spe- especially close plays, especially yeah. close plays at second or third or at home, you're always taught, get in, see if you can get in under the throw. What's the best way to do it? Head first. Yep. And, I, I just, and I'm just sitting there going, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know it's going to happen sooner or later. Hopefully it's later, not sooner. Yeah. The the other thing I noticed, too, um, he – and, and I, I get it. I get why he's doing this. He's taking really small leads off of first base because mm. he wants to just be able to step back rather than dive yeah. back. I'm, I'm good go. with that. I'm good with it. I really am. I'm okay. If, if that means he's going to be forced at second on a bang-bang play and, and he could play the rest of the game, good. That's okay. I'll live with it. The The other thing I thought was interesting, Rob Thompson brought this up. So like one of the times he got on, I think he walked. So he he gets the first right. base and he's he's getting all his stuff off and he's trying to get the the oven mitt thing on that he wears. You ever see the, the mittens that they wear? Oh, yeah. Not oh, yeah. Brand. Because of the pitch clock and things moving so quickly, like he couldn't even get that on. He's on there, still putting no. it on in the middle of the at bat by Castellanos. Castellanos took a timeout to let Harper get try and get all his you know gear on, and it still didn't take. Like that is where I think an umpire's got to say, "All right, let's give this guy ten extra seconds to get his gear on." Um, I don't see it happening, Rob. It's in not going giving, to happen. No, no I agree. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're, they're all about speeding up a game, not slowing a game down in any way, shape, or form. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, we're just going to have to live with it, man. It's, it is what it is now. My, I want to know, will Thompson ever put stop back in the, one, in the one spot again? I'm tired of this. Put stop. Put the igniter back in the front of the lineup. Why are you got him down at what, fifth, sixth? Why is he down there? Yeah. Why, why is he I fifth? I don't know. I, I, I think it's gonna he's going to end up doing that eventually. I wish he would do it sooner rather than later. I don't like – I didn't want to move him to begin with. I don't want to mess with him. I loved him where he was. Uh, you know, I, I get Schwarber's the veteran, and he might be more comfortable in the leadoff spot, but it's about the production, man. It, yes. it, it, it's all about who's been delivering, and Stott's been delivering all year for this team. And see, I'd put Schwarber in a three-hole and, and put Harper in a four-hole. That's what I would do. I'd yeah. have Stott, Turner, Schwarber, Harper. Mm-hmm. Second game back, Harper goes – Three for three, two walks. He's on base five times. Yeah. Okay. So that means he's moving people when he gets a hit. Yep. I think Stott's a better leadoff hitter. I think Trey Turner, you you get those two guys on the base. That's an automatic run. If Harper's in a groove that we saw him in yesterday, it's an yeah. automatic run. You're handcuffing your lineup, dude. Yeah. I, I know. You have a knack for getting people fired. All right. Obviously, Let's you go, can win Rob the Phillies Thompson. here. All right. You've been to Philly's ear. I think you need to put a call in and tell them to put stop back in the lineup, or you will request somebody being fired. I will, do that. I will do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just real quick on Harper, the guy's a cyborg. Like he's not even human. He didn't even have he, he no minor league rehab. No. And I know he was facing no. some Phillies pitchers, you know, on the side to get him ready. Right. I get it. Right. Still, there's nothing like simulating game action. And for him no. to, to be smoking balls late yesterday. You know, hit one the other way. I mean, he is just—he's just different. I mean, it's crazy. 
It wasn't a fluke hits. I mean, he was laying solid lumber on every yeah, every ball he hit. Yeah. You know, that dude, that's why he's making the money he makes in this game, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. he's one of the best of the best. They need to they need to get back here. We're talking about it's Boston, then it's Toronto. So the two tough series coming back here, uh, lasting up until Wednesday. It's so weird. They go back out to the West now. They go to Colorado after that yeah. at San Francisco. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have just Put that road trip together. Same, yes. I don't know. What, what what computer came up with this this schedule? It's this I, uh I, it's this balanced balanced schedule where you're playing everybody a couple of times now. Jeez. Uh, I don't really, love it necessarily. I, I, I would rather I play the division a lot more. I don't I don't know. I don't get it, but yeah, for sure. All right. So uh let me give you the standings and then we'll uh turn our sights to the NFL. So the standings okay. right now for, for baseball for, for the Phillies in the NL East. Uh, they're six and a half back. The Braves. The Braves are twenty-one and ten. Braves are playing great baseball. I mean, the only there's only one team with more wins than the Braves. Uh, yep. That would be the they raise or just ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, um, off to a good start. Twenty-one and ten. How about the Pirates? Are twenty and eleven? I have a Do number of friends. Like- yeah, yeah. I have a number of friends. You know, obviously because they're in the same division as the Brewers. Yeah. I have a number of friends in Pittsburgh who are diehard Pirate fans, and it's a running joke that we'll be in last place by May 1st, you know, <laughs> with, with a lot of friends I have in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, they're beating their chest over there now in Pittsburgh. Now, you still got a lot of baseball to play, and you still got to show me. But you know what? Kudos. I don't know. And they brought Andrew McCutcheon back, too. Old right. man McCutcheon is back in their lineup. Mm-hmm. And they're playing some great baseball right now, especially at the plate. You yeah. know what? They've been down so long, Rob. It's, it's about time. The, the Pirates, to me, are like the Florida Marlins. You know, they rise up every fifth or sixth of the year and make a little noise. They're not going to win a World Series, but they make your fan base proud to be a fan of theirs again yeah. um, after all the trials and tribulations that organization puts fan, their fan base through. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, all right, let's uh, step aside. We'll come back. NFL time, D-Gun. We'll dig into some uh, a former Eagle. And whether or not his uh, his fifth year option was picked up, Ryan Tannehill's got some deja vu. Kirk Cousins wants to stay put. Uh, we'll get into a bunch of other stuff that we'll dive into when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, it's time to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is a licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they are experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, you get good weather right now. It's a good time to get your trees evaluated before the summer comes in with some of the wind and rain that we, uh, we tend to get that time of year. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610 610-850- 2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Heading down the shore. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. of the program that's Derek I'm Rob we are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network hanging out with you on this Thursday <laughs> what's the matter <laughs> Kevin Savard Rob Soft Shoe Ellis <laughs> yes we will uh at 2 30 we will revisit the uh gritty part two uh today we 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 unleashed that bad boy off the top of the show we'll give it to you again coming up in a little bit just uh you know, warning for your eyeballs. They could pop out of your head by watching it. That's all I can tell you. Uh, you never know what could happen there. So we will, we will revisit that. Um, all right. This is from the no duh department, Derek. No duh. Okay. No duh department. So the Minnesota Vikings uh, have elected to decline the fifth year option on Jalen Rager. No. Shocking. Jalen Rager? Shocking. First round draft pick, Jalen Rager, taking ahead of Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager. Yes. No. Yeah. They didn't take the fit. They didn't pick up the fifth year option on no. Jalen Rager. You know you can't believe it. I'm shocked. Yes. Would you like to hear the uh, the season stats that Jalen Rager would say Jalen yeah, Rager put up last year? Yeah. Four carries for 25 yards. Four carries. Okay. Okay. Uh, in terms of pass catching, he had a grand total of eight catches. For 104 yards and one touchdown. Now he was their primary kick returner. Okay. 
So you have to, you do have to keep that in mind. He was their primary returner uh, on the season. Their, their primary, um, you know, return man in general. So uh, he didn't exactly tear it up there either. 26 attempts, 167 yards, 6.4 yards per return. That man got a seven figure income for eight catches. Yep. 12, 12 total touches in an entire season. Yeah. And how yep. many games did, did he play according to the stats? How many All 17. Play? 17 games, a total of 12 touches. And I don't care if he got 1.2 million, which is low end for a veteran. He got seven figure income for 12 touches in an entire season in mm-hmm. offense. Man, what did we do wrong in life, Rob? <laughs> What do we miss, man? I, you know, it, you know, it's it's when I kept when he was here, and I'm watching his skill set, and I'm saying to myself, all right, what does he do well? What does he do particularly well? And it was the answer was nothing. Like he he wasn't a good route runner. He wasn't the burner we were told he was. He didn't have great hands. Like I didn't. I, I still, for the life of me. And I know he his especially his I think it was his sophomore year when he had he had a better quarterback, he right. put up pretty good numbers at TCU. But man, it, he just looks like he doesn't belong, you know. And I don't know that he gets an offer after this after this one this this last year of this deal. Dude, I rooted for that young man as much as anybody. It's not his fault he was taken where he was taken in the draft. Yeah. It's not his fault that he was constantly compared to the guy right behind them. That was an organizational decision. But as we know, life is not fair. But he had a chance to get a fresh start also by, by going to Minnesota. Yep. And he went there and did absolutely nothing to show that, that coaching staff that he was ready to be a significant tri- contributor, especially when Adam Thielen was considered an, an afterthought, which mm-hmm. was shocking in itself. And now you're right, Rob. I don't. Who who would pick him up? The USFL, the XFL. Who's going to pick him up? Canadian Football League. I mean, maybe a, an NFL team that's desperate for a return man, but he didn't tear it up really in that realm either. No, no. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I feel. I feel bad for the dude. He seems like a nice guy, you know. Um, but you know what they say, nice guys don't always finish first, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, though, he's got money I wish I had, bro. i tell you that. I hear you. I hear Man. you. Uh, so, yeah, no surprise there. So uh, let's stay with the Vikings for a minute. Uh, Kirk Cousins wants to stay there beyond this year. He, they, they had contract negotiations earlier in the offseason. They've broken off. Um, but he wants to stay there. I, I was looking at this today. He's earned 155 million since 2018. Jeez, Jeez. that's just since 2018. Just since 18. Um, Jeez, but he wants to come back. I mean, the thing is, if you look at his numbers, his numbers are good. I say that all the time. Don't have the playoff success. I say it all the time, dude. I'm looking. He's a career 67 percent completion guy. 105. Wait, 252 touchdowns, 105 interceptions. Um, every year since 2015, except one, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. In 2019, he played only 15 out of 16 games and threw for 3,600. He's thrown a minimum 25 touchdown passes uh, since 2015. 
He has all the attributes that a team's looking for to be a frontline quarterback. Plays well. I love I love taking a dig at my brother, as you know. I call him regular season Kurt. He's a he's a he's a pro bowler in the regular season, toilet bowler in the playoffs. Plain and simple. My brother's like, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Well, I I don't know that they have better options there, so he may end up being back. But we'll, uh, uh, we'll he will. See. He yeah. will. Uh, Ryan Tannehill basically he was asked about the Titans drafting uh, Will Levis and basically said, yeah, it feels like deja vu. You forget the year before in the third round they took Malik Willis. Now this year in the second round they take yep. Will Levis. So like Tannehill looks at it like, all right, just another guy I'm going to fend off here. I'll be fine. I. I don't know. I, I think this could be the end of the line for him. He's 35. They haven't really done anything. They've been so dependent on Derrick Henry. I think it's, I think we're probably seeing the last year of him. Would be my guess. If he's a smart man, he should be able to read the writing on a wall. When you take quarterbacks in consecutive drafts, what is the organization saying about you? On the surface, they come out and say in January, we fully expect to have Ryan Tannehill back here. We fully support him. What they don't tell you is they said that because they don't have any other viable option right now. And they're hoping that some youngster they keep drafting high will emerge to push him out of the nest. If I'm Ryan Tannehill and I understand, you know, you're not always in control of the situation. I go out in 2023. I'm trying to ball out. I'm trying to put up numbers I've never put up before. I'm trying to do things and lead my team deeper into the playoffs uh, than they have been in recent memory. Um, he knows he's at 35 and he's not the young spring chicken he used to be. Injuries are taking a toll on him. You know, so he's got to do it now. This may be his last moment in the sun, so to speak. Um, if he can't get it done this year in Tennessee, he may end up having to finish his career as a habitual backup somewhere or a quick fix until whoever the organization has in the fold or wants to draft is up to speed to kick him to the curb again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there uh, with them. All right. So beyond that, uh, Rocky Sin uh, ends yeah. up going to the Ravens. Derek on a one year deal, six million for him. Nice move on, but for both parties there, he he was he was a guy who I you know I was touting the Eagles maybe take a run at, but uh, he goes to to Baltimore where they could use him. So nice move. Yeah, no no question about it. Uh, Baltimore's trying to shore up that defense. Um, and, and I think he'll fit right in um, with, with the scheme and the way they play. Um, I'm not saying he's going to play at a Pro Bowl level, but I think he'll fit their scheme and, uh, and, and solidify the back end of John Harbaugh's defense. Hey, hey, speaking of Baltimore, did you see the story that just came out about, oh, 33 minutes ago from Adam Schefter? No. Uh, quoting Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson sounds excited about the Ravens offseason additions, saying today, I want to throw for like 6,000 yards with the weapon weapons we have. Okay. Did you look at the weapons they have? Rashad, than- Rashad yeah. Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, their first-round draft pick, and Mark Andrews. I'd be happy as, as a pig in slop, too, if Odell can hold up. Well, I mean, it, it, it comes down to Odell. Andrews yeah. is a stud tight end, and I, yeah. I like Zay Flowers. Um, I do, too. I think he's probably – boy, 6,000 is a lot. But I think he's probably got the best weapons that he's had in a very long time there. 
yeah, as I, far I, as I, in the passing game. I, I know 6,000 is being facetious, but I understand what he's saying. He's so happy. What was the last time he had those kind of weapons at his disposal or the potential? They've done you know? a really poor job of surrounding yes. him with weapons. Uh, yes. Now, this is a big year from him health standpoint-wise. I mean, he's already gotten paid, but he's got to stay on the field. It's it's He's you know he's missed too much time the last few years. No, no question about it. This is a proven year for him. He finally got, you know, he pouted. it. He got his big contract now. Thank you, Jalen Hurts, uh, for preceding him with his big contract. You got the money now. The organization has finally addressed your needs to make your overall game that much better. The one thing, several things that Baltimore does very well. Yeah. They draft running backs well, offensive linemen, D yeah. linemen, linebackers, secondary personnel. Right. The one thing that they had constantly omitted was the wide receiving core. Now on paper, they have a pretty good-looking receiving core, tight end wide receivers. I understand why he was facetious when he said, man, I want to throw for 6,000 yards. Well over 4,000 yards is very well within the reach if he can stay healthy and if that offense clicks the way it potentially could click. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs completed a rebuild at their offensive tackle uh, spot by signing Donovan Smith to a one-year deal mm. uh, worth $9 million. He comes over from Tampa. You remember – they lost both their tackles from last season, Orlando yep, Brown yep. and Andrew Wiley. Uh, Brown goes to the Bengals and Wiley goes to the Commanders. So uh, they signed Jawan Taylor, if you remember, from, yep, from Jacksonville. Yep. Um, and then they they selected a tackle, uh, Wanya Morris, from Oklahoma as well in the third round. Yep. But then they they make this move also. So they're going to look a little bit different. It's going to maybe, maybe take a minute for, for Mahomes to get used to these guys. Dude, look at this offensive line. Left tackle, Donovan Smith. Left guard, Joe Tooney. Center, Creed Humphrey, who I was big on when he came out of college. Right guard, Trey Smith. And right tackle, Jawan Taylor. That's a powerhouse offensive line right, right there. If I'm guys like Isaiah Pacheco, Jerick McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, dude, I'm salivating at the prospects of running behind this. And let's, let's face it, you know they're going to only use the run to set up the pass, but if I'm a running back, dude, moving behind those road graders, I'm happy as could be, man. Yeah. But yeah. Andy Reid, that's Andy Reid, though. Andy Reid, no matter who leaves, Andy Reid finds a way to plug in the right pieces to keep that machine moving. Oh, listen, there's no question. I, I think he is so adept at at just sort of being like a, a chameleon. He he can change over, and, it, and it, it all works. He's just in that mode where he's been doing it for so long, and you have Mahomes, which obviously helps. But – Right, that he's right. able to just sort of, all right, we lost him. Let's plug this guy in, and this guy's yep. going to be fine. And he does what we – you know, I, I was surprised. He's only 29, uh, Smith. I know. Isn't that something? Seems like he's been around forever. I thought he was like 32, 33. Yeah. He's 29. But I tell you what, he's got a lot of wear and tear on that body, man, with two ACL tears now in his career. Yeah, bad year um, last year, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully hopefully he can uh, get it right. Get it right in in in, in – and, and, and find that fountain of youth and body holes up down there. Cause um, Baltimore and paper paper is an interesting team going into yeah. this season, man. They're very interesting. Well, I mean, look at that. Um, just look at that division. Um, you have Pittsburgh who I think is going to be better with Pickett. Yep. Yep. They were nine and eight last year. You have Cleveland who we talked about a little bit earlier. If Deshaun Watson can return to form, there's talent there for sure um, with them. Cincinnati's the, the the team you're gun, you're gunning for. They were twelve and four last year. They were mm. in the Super Bowl a couple of years back. Still talented, and they're and they're 
putting more pieces on that offensive line to protect Burrow, mm-hmm. and then and then it's Baltimore. Like they're, you know, the AFC's tough. Look, I mean, you go AFC East: Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, all going to be pretty good. I think yep. all everybody in the North can be pretty good. Um, certainly, the South would be a weak spot, you know, with Jacksonville being the leader in the clubhouse, and then the West, it's the Chiefs. Broncos might make a comeback and then it's the Chargers. You know, the AFC with quarterbacks and just teams in general, it, it, overall talent is far superior to the NFC. No question about it. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. All right. You ready? Come AFC East, AFC North, AFC West. Which, as we sit here today to you, is the toughest division? To East, figure North out and West. All right. Uh, yep. I'm going to eliminate the West. Cause I think it's, we'll see. I think the chargers are always at 10 and 17. I don't think the Raiders are going to be good. Um, so that would only leave two, which I think Denver's going to make a rise. And I think Kansas city's the cream of the crop, but I'm, I'm, I'll put them last. Um, <clears throat> I put them second to last. I put the, the South last, but as far as the East and the North go, there you go. Oof. Um, I'm going to go East. I'm going to go East. Uh, I think Buffalo is the best team. I agree. Miami is so Tua dependent. I I would still say Miami. I I, I can't imagine like Belichick, they stay down. I can't, I just, I think they're going to be better with O'Brien. And I, and and I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to do well there. I think that roster's talented where you're not just counting everything on him. The question is going to be for me, if Buffalo wins that division, who's the second place team? Exactly. That's a tough call. You know, that division had three of the top nine defenses in the NFL last year. Yeah. That's a great point. You you look at the quarterbacks in that division, look at how they play in that division. I don't even think Buffalo's a given to win the division now with with Rodgers and the collection of weapons he has uh, with the Jets. Um, Miami showed you last year they can play with Buffalo. They're not afraid of Buffalo. Right. I don't think it's a slam dunk that Buffalo takes that division, to be honest with you. I think that's the toughest division to figure out. Um, a I little think bit they have more the most, so than the North. Well, they have a ton of pressure on them. Not to say Miami doesn't, because Miami, the right. way that they've spent, um, they have pressure on them. Miami yes. ad, adds Fangio. You know, they made some nice moves in the yep. offseason. Yep. But nothing, none of that ultimately is going to matter if Tua can't stay on the field. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But if he does, the way he was slinging it when he was on that hot streak in the midway point of the season, when Miami was really rolling, you know, and I got told, you know, I'm not a big Tua fan, but I had to give respect where respect was due. Man, he played, he was playing some great football before he started going through a series of concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can keep him upright and breathing, that division with Josh Allen, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not even going to put Mac Jones in that in that category with them, but I will put New England's defense in there with those teams. Dude, oh, yeah. that's going to be a rugged division. That is going to be one rugged division. Yeah, I mean, look, there. here's what it comes down to for New England. Can Bill O'Brien get the most out of Mac Jones? And yes. if so... How good is the most out of him? Yeah. yeah. Is is he a guy who can manage? Is he like a Ryan Tannehill who can be okay? Or is he more than that? 
And this is this is going to be a make or break year in my estimation for him, where they they would move on if the answer is he he doesn't look like he can get up to an elite level. I think they'll mm-hmm. make a move mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, you I also agree. wonder how much longer does Belichick want to do this? True. That's what is he seventy? What seventy two ish? Let me see. I'm going to guess around. Maybe he was older 70. than that. Wow. Let's see. He is 71. He's 71. He just turned 71. Okay, he's only 71. Okay. So, does he want to keep doing it? It's a good point. A very good point. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, I I, I still think there's a fire that burns there for him, but... um, you know, I don't know. We've seen it in two sports. Like Greg Popovich has kind of become that guy where they're not very good anymore, but he sticks around because he's Greg Popovich and you feel like eventually it's going to turn around. I don't know that yeah. that starts to happen with Belichick. It's easier to right. fix a right. football team uh, than it is a basketball team or other sports necessarily. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, it, you know, if you, if you are kind of division hopping, uh, if you will, I'd go, all right, is there more than one other than Kansas City? Does anybody else make the playoffs in the in the AFC West? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Denver. Okay. I'm going to say Denver. I think Sean Payton's going to go in there and turn that complexion and the attitude and the culture completely around in one season. It's not like he's going into a rebuilding process. He has everything he needs right now to win. You have a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You have a plethora of receivers, good running game, good offensive line, good defense. What else do you need? You know, most coaches go into situations where they've got to rebuild and retool. He doesn't have to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and you're the the thing that I think it's overlooked the most in the Kenny Fix, Russell Wilson, and the offense is he takes over a phenomenal defense, a defense that most of the year was leading the league in points allowed throughout almost all of the year. Um, and, and their, their offense was where it was crazy. They had the best defense and the worst offense throughout most of the year. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's almost like an Eagle situation where you're picking 10 and your team got to a super bowl. This team is, is, you know, Sean Payton's walking into one that definitely has talent. That was just awfully mismanaged last year. No question about it. Um, Denver's organization went through the ultimate embarrassment. They were high on this young, uh, energetic offensive mind in Nathaniel Hackett, and it just went from bad to worse in a hurry. Um, and when you have to fire a head coach in his first year, his first stint as a head coach in his first year, that's when you know you've hit rock bottom. But when you go out and you hire a Sean Payton, how quickly people forget about the embarrassment of what they had to endure the previous season. There's so many people hyped about this Denver team right now because of Sean's presence and his coaching staff that you look at last year as a mulligan, so to speak. It was a mulligan. Yeah. Yeah, you you sold a farm to get Russell Wilson. It just blew up in your face so quick. You basically have the same nucleus of players coming back to try to rectify. It happened. You made a mistake. You made a mistake. So I think Denver has a good shot of being a playoff team. Yeah, and I think what you did was you brought in a guy with gravitas who people aren't going to walk all over. Russell Wilson isn't going to walk all over. This guy's won a Super Bowl. 
He yeah. comes right in there and says, we're changing things. You're not going to have your quarterback coat, whatever that guy was. He's not going to be around. You know, you're not taking up five locker rooms, like, like, like three locker no, stalls. No. Like we're not doing, we're, we're back to being a team and not putting somebody above uh, the team. So I think they made the, uh, the right move. Definitely. When it comes to that, um, that's for sure. Hey, let me give you the terms of Lamar Jackson's deal. Yeah. So it's a five year, 260 million. Remember, Jalen Hurts was five two fifty five, right? Yep, yep. And Jalen's was one hundred and twenty nine guaranteed. Jeez. All right. Lamar's is one thirty five million fully guaranteed at signing. One fifty six over the first three years. Seventy two point five million dollars signing bonus. What? He's going to make between the signing bonus and his base eighty million in year one he's got a no trade no tag clause and his deal runs through 27 say what you want to say about lamar whether you like him or not he has left body parts all over this field when he was healthy he was an electric player yeah he may not be your prototypical quarterback but he puts people in the seats because everybody loves this style of play to see what he's going to do next with his legs as much as his arm so based on what quarterbacks are making in the National Football League today, more power to him. More power to him, man. Even though the, the injury, the recent injury history um, hovers over him now, hey, more power to him, dude. dude. Yeah. Is he worth any less than most of the top paid quarterbacks? He's not Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's not as highly decorated yet. Well, He's not as highly decorated as an Aaron Rodgers, right. but he's considered at least in the top 10 category of quarterbacks in the game today. Yeah. Okay. And so with that said, if Kyler Murray can get what he gets, if Deshaun Watson, after the embarrassment he caused himself and the Houston Texans organization can still get what he gets from Cleveland. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm worth any and everything. Somebody's willing to pay me. Amen. And I ain't looking back, sport. brother. You know, especially in that sport, there's no doubt about that. So yeah, he's going to get going to get paid heavy. Uh, I, that's why you you always want Howie Roseman doing your deals. Everything seems a little bit more manageable. Certainly, uh, as time goes on, this thing's going to go up. But you could, at that point, if he's playing well, still you could renegotiate that deal. There's a lot of different things that you can do, and there's a lot of wiggle room. Uh, you know, for Howie for the organization, and you know, for Jalen, Jalen, even if he plays this thing out completely, he's He's a free agent again before he's 30. So it's, uh, it, I do, I do think it's a win win. You know, uh, people don't want to hear that they want something, some definitive winner one way or the other. I think it was a win win. Uh, there's no question. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah. I look at where Jalen Hurts is right now. What, he's 24. So uh, technically, Rob, I think he could be back at the bargaining table at the age of 27, 28, Jeez. to be honest. I think you're right. I, I'm, I, I, to be honest with you. The way how he revamps these contracts, and with and I, I can't emphasize enough with that new TV money coming, which is through the roof, right? And you and more quarterbacks are going to be leapfrogging over each other, making even bigger money. If he keeps playing, if he continues to play the way he plays right now, yeah. doesn't improve, he's still going to be back in the mix as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he will be back in the mix as one of the best paid quarterbacks in the league again. Agreed, agreed. All right, let's uh, let's come back. No, no. You want to stay? No, why do we got to come back? All right, right let's do, let's do this story. I actually let's do this story, and it's not NFL related, but uh, 
Pat Williams used to be the general manager of the 76ers back yes. in the day, dur- during yes. a really successful time. Dr. J, yep. uh, you know, Moses Malone, et cetera, et cetera. I w- w- was here during some, some amazing, amazing times. Um, he, he then moved on and I think he had a stake and he ran the, the Orlando magic for a very long period of time. He's also an author. Uh, he's, he's, he's a colorful personality, you know, funny guy. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. So he's based in the Orlando area and he, he actually played baseball in, uh, in college, I think at the university yes. of Delaware. Yes. So, um, he is proposing Derek, a, a, ba- a major league baseball team in that area, in the, in the Orlando area, which I guess my first reaction, and we, we, we talked about this pre-show. My reaction was just like yours. I'm like, look at the other Florida teams, Miami, uh, Tampa Bay, who's actually been consistently good. Yep. They have a really hard time drawing because they're very transient areas. Like there are areas where it's a lot of San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just get, talk about some of the details here because it is kind of interesting what he's looking to do there. Well, he wants to put an MLB team there. Um, Orlando. Now, I, I believe he lives in the Orlando area, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, okay, you have Disney World there. Now, and that place is packed year-round. Now, during the f- baseball season, I would say you will get if if you get a lot of fans in a, in a in a stadium like that, there are people coming from other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Number one, maybe who have never been to a baseball game and wants to see a professional baseball game, or people who are on vacation say, "Hey, my favorite team, whether it's the Yankees, the the Phillies, the Pirates, are in town. Let's go to a game." Mm-hmm. I don't see a huge baseball fan base in Orlando, of all places. Now, they would probably get huge tax breaks right. because uh, or, uh, the state of Florida gives huge tax breaks. But outside of that, I don't I don't see Orlando as a great landing spot for a future Major League franchise based on what we said. The Florida Marlins only draw, or the Miami Marlins, whichever team it is, whichever identity they have, they only draw every five or six years when they're relevant. You know, yep. this is a team I have never understood their, their – their, uh, motive of operation um they get good every five or six years because they they finally bring up kids you know they they trade all their best players get these prime time minor leaguers when the guys are ready to flourish they come up <clears throat> they play well for a season com- compete for the division get to the playoffs but they're not going to win it then they got the team they sell the players and start all over again right you know tampa tampa has a little bit better baseball fan base than miami does you know tampa's had more c- consistent success than Miami has, but still they don't sell out like Philadelphia, like New York. They're not hardcore baseball fans down there. And then you look at some of the other cities that are being proposed, Charlotte. Well, Montreal. Now didn't Tampa move from, didn't Tampa move from Montreal? to uh, Washington, uh, Washington. Okay. Washington. Yeah. So, so when Montreal had the expos, they supported the expos up there, but Charlotte, Portland. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Salt Lake. I, I know like, the Charlotte area, they've done very well with the Panthers. Yes. Um, pretty well with the Hurricanes yep. for the most part. I couldn't tell you exact numbers. The The problem is, like, yeah, I don't know. The Charlotte Hornets have been so bad. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But Well, North Carolina is a rabbit sports state. Yeah, they very love, college. They love, their, they love their football, yeah. both pro and college. Um, 
they I didn't think I didn't think the the uh the, the Carolina Hurricanes would be that successful down there, but they have been. Yeah. They have a solid fan base there. Would baseball thrive in Charlotte? Ah, that's that's an interesting. Well, you have South Carolina right next door. I think it would do decent. Yeah. Um in Charlotte. I think it would do de- a team would do decent back again in Montreal. I can't grasp Portland. I don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, know. You'd have to Salt have a dome. Lake. It rains so yeah. much up there. Yeah. It's so cold yeah. up there. You know, um, Salt Lake. Could you see Salt Lake as a baseball city? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. But, yeah, we'll see. It's it's interesting proposal. Look, he's a guy. He's an older man now. But Pat Williams is a mover and shaker type. Yes. So he, yes. he has had a lot of success in his career. So we'll see what ends up happening there uh, with that. All right, let's come back and we will hit some uh, some NBA schedule. We'll talk about tonight's game. Weird scheduling with the Knicks and the Heat. Uh, Sixers tomorrow. Get back to that. I we will reshow. We will reshow it, Derek. The gritty, the gritty part two. It will. Uh, it'll make another appearance. Unfortunately, do that when we get back. I want to talk to you too about the drone camera okay. in this at the game last night. Birthdays and movies and all that good stuff. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Razor Technology, um, infrastructure management. IT infrastructure environments are more complex and heterogeneous than ever before. Consequently, teams struggle to respond to pressing issues with the speed necessary to promote positive business results. And the data that powers predictive monitoring and automation is left unexploited. Razor Technology addresses this challenge with a holistic approach that connects every part of an organization's technology assets, enabling proactive and secure IT operations without sacrificing the agility that drives innovation. Razor Technology automates monitoring and management to bolster IT teams that are feeling stretched thin. And it improves auditing and reporting procedures so that actionable insights find their way to the leaders that need them most. Save time and money on your IT and cloud services and secure your organization with leading end-to-end infrastructure solutions by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. segment of the show thanks for hanging out with us sports take jacob sports youtube network rob ellis Derek gunn all right gunner do we do we give the folks what they want right now do we wait a little bit for the uh for gritty part two electric boogaloo what do we, what do, we do here i think you should give them it right now so that we can ride off into the sunset on this show with them getting their final shots in because uh, earlier in the show, they were hilarious, and I can't wait to see some of the more creative comments pass through the chat room once again. Okay. Um, you know, of course, then again, I'm speaking on your behalf. So uh, here we right. go. Here that's, it is. That's funny right there in itself. Gritty part two. I had I had no help. I just set up a ca- the, my phone and went, here we go. Here Does your is. daughter know that you did this? No. Does your wife know? Nobody knows. I might leave it that way. Somehow I'm, I'm sure they're being go. told. All right, slow gritty. Is this an instructional? What is yes. This? I'm trying to help people along. I'm trying to teach. I'm an instructor now. That's what I, I'm Professor Gritty. That's that's what I do now. So, now we so, speed it up. Oh, I give you a little bit of that. Now we're speeding it up. Here we go. Look at the moves. Keeping the keeping the fingers like this as I do it. Yep. There we go. Now I look like I'm prancing. Now I'm a prancer. <laughs> now the dog's going crazy, which you guys aren't. Now here comes the dog. There you go. Let's go. Come on, Bailey. Come on, Bailey. Get involved. Help me out. Spare oh. me. Bailey was 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 whining, was was crying like someone injured her watching me do these dances. So yeah, that's it. All right. That's please. Oh God. Again. I can't even. I really can't. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Did you even stop to think maybe look at that instructional video on YouTube or stuff that how to do the gritty? I mean, clearly no. <laughs> <laughs> clearly no. Oh my goodness. What is what was the other one? The Clark Kelly Clarkson workout video. <laughs> Jesus. 
my goodness. <laughs> Phil Washington, Lord Jesus. <laughs> uh, John Dickerson sweating with the oldies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Jason A. T. said demonic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. Oh, I can't God. Do this, man. Look at this one. <laughs> I can't do it. Dude, I can't take this, man. Dude, come on, man. The praying mantis. <laughs> Say some prayers after that goes down. Oh, man. Yes. Okay. All my right. Dog saw the video and ran away. Oh, Duck Wizard, this was worth all the typing yesterday. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. All right. That was the griddle. Simmons, Ellis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not again. Oh, here's the first one. Oh, God. Here's the first one. I actually, I swear this is better. Will the tulips. Why the tulips? <laughs> this one's better. I swear it is. All right, good. It's enough. Did, we did, let me ask you, did your daughter try to help you? Yes, she it's tried to help me with this one. There's where no, I no, I'm talking about just in terms of doing emotions to the gritty. Yes, she tried to teach me, but you know, how so, in the world did you come up with this? You know how it is, Derek. Sometimes you lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink it, man. You I, know? I mean, the, the, our emotions are not even close. I know it's bad, it's really bad. The yeah. first one is the OG, no lie. Grandpa gritty, <laughs> like a bad aerobics class. <laughs> 15 years, I'll be teaching people at the old folks home. Yeah. Oh man. oh man! Yeah, all right. Oh all my right. goodness, it's good. That's good. All right. Oh man! And oh. The, the comments just keep on coming. They keep coming. I love it. I love it. All right. Um. Oh. So tonight, Derek, uh, we have the Lakers <laughs> at the Warriors. I know. Good luck segueing out of that. Uh, we have the uh, yes, Grandpa Gritty. Yes, I get it. I get it. I get it. It was bad. Yes. Tyler T- Taylor Walker says he's casting spells. <laughs> Uh, this oh, would happen the coach told you to walk it off <laughs> yeah it's true it's true it was it, it was i deserve all of it so yes <laughs> oh my god oh, yeah, yeah. what a day all right um so yeah so the oh, lakers man. and the warriors tonight derek um oh, lakers, lakers up, okay all right lakers up one nothing uh game two at golden state i can't imagine that golden state doesn't bounce back tonight i think they win i think it's probably they win it comfortably. i'm not saying it's gonna be a blowout like the sixers last night right but i think golden state handles their business tonight yeah i um i i, I go back to uh <laughs> <laughs> this image is ever forever ingrained in my mind i know i know um I think Golden State's ticked off because uh, they knew they, they should have won that game. When they tied that game 112-112 yeah. in the fourth quarter, they let they let the Lakers off the hook. They and I think they come back with a vengeance tonight. I think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, right. but I think that they're, they're gonna defend their home court very well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, very- <laughs> we should have waited till the end of the show for this. <laughs> There's no chance. We're actually going to get through sports talk here. With that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Okay. Oh. Yes. Okay, I'm trying. Uh, all right. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. Golden State wins tonight. We're in agreement. Yes. All right. Um, all right. Uh, 
quirky scheduling here. Did I did we talk about this with the Knicks and the Heat? Did no. we get into this? Oh yeah, no, no uh, yeah, briefly about the uh, the 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 time of distance between the games. Yeah, so they they last played game two, which the Knicks won on Tuesday. They don't what? play until Saturday. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I'm trying, I'm trying. I don't understand the NBA's TV scheduling for that series, man. I really don't. Um, he said, "Why you go back fifty years?" <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh jeez! Oh yeah! Uh, I needed this today. I needed this. Yeah, it's oh, been yeah. we've we've had a couple interesting days. Um, so oh, yeah. Man. Um, the, uh, yes. So yeah, so it's Tuesday to Saturday game two and three in, in New York against New York and Miami. I don't get that. I I really don't get it. (laughs) You're done for the rest of the show. aren't you? (laughs) I'm on my own. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying, Rob. I know you are. I'm trying to be a professional, man. Uh, uh, The the other game out West, the other series out West is the Nuggets and the Suns. Denver's up 2-0. I I think Denver ultimately wins the series, but there's no way that that Phoenix is going to get just broomed here, right? I mean, they're going to answer. I think Chris Ball's absence hurts this team tremendously. I don't think he's a player he was, but I tell you what, um, I think they really need him. Because Denver's this team, man, they can light it up. You, we, we, you know, we just look at the volume of shooters. Look, look at Boston. You know, a bunch of mad bombers. Golden State, bunch of mad bombers. Denver's the same way. And you got to be able to fight firepower with firepower, <laughs> firepower. And I don't know. If, I don't know. If Phoenix. If I, you you need to stop looking at the comments. <laughs> That's what you uh, need to stop doing. We need to tell Tone to just turn off the chat completely. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, all right, uh, Sixers here. Let me hit you with this. This is maybe good news, I guess. I don't okay. know how you measure this stuff. But Kyle Newbeck from Philly Voice put this out. He said Doc Rivers said that the numbers they used to track Joel Embiid's health in the yeah. game. Yeah, speeds, speeds reached and things of that nature all came back very positive. Okay, said he feels good today as far as he knows. They're, they haven't heard anything in terms okay. of him not being, you know, a- able to go. Okay. All right, good, right? I mean, that's a good sign. He comes back and he's feeling okay. Then I expect his game, um, offensive game, to to increase at least thirty percent tomorrow night uh, for game three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if he's feeling that good, obviously the first game he hadn't played in a couple of weeks. Had to get used to the hardware, get back into basketball shape. Uh, yeah, I expect him to be a much, much bigger force on the offensive end because they're going to need him. If you're going to have inconsistent Harden, inconsistent Massey, uh, Maxie in a series like this, ain't going to work for them, dude. They yeah. need the big fella to put this team on his back, which will take a lot of pressure off the other guys, open up a lot of guys, get more, again, better looks in their sh- shots as well. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and ultimately, <sighs> you know, when it comes to – sort of adjusting that's what today's all about you know you saw what it looked like with him trying to sort of have it but the the, you know, the big question is going to be how do they get back to being who they were in the regular season with him on the floor and being effective because they weren't effective offensively at all and they still have to climb that 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 um they still have to climb that hill of uh trying to get past boston you know um it was a big win for them in game one 
but Boston sent a resounding message in game number two. And now it's back to psychological warfare. The Sixers have both games um, in their backyard. You're hoping to get two at the very minimum. They better come away with a split or this series is over. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go birthdays. <laughs> Let's go birthdays. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do birthdays. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Dawn Staley. 53 years old. Yes, she is uh, the head coach at South Carolina women. She's been dominant there. They didn't win it this year, but they've been unbelievable. Philly's own. She's 53. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Uh, Audrey Hepburn was born on this day, 1929, the actress. Yes. Uh, Will Arnett, the actor and voiceover. Uh, He is a voiceover maven. Uh, He is 53 today. Aaron Andrews is 45 today. Sideline reporter extraordinaire. Would you consider uh, that strong? Very. Really? Yeah, I'm a fan. I don't put it in a very. Eh. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, Victor Oladipo uh, of the Heat. So yeah, banged up. It's yeah. a shame. 31 years old, mm. uh, recovering from another injury. Uh, Mick Mars from Motley Crue, uh, yep. guitarist, is 62 today. Rory McIlroy. Uh, the golfer uh, is 34 today. Did you know he won four majors by the time he was 25 years old? I did not know yep. that it was four. Yeah, and yep. he, I don't, he hasn't won one in a while either. No, he hasn't. No, yeah, no. Uh, Randy Travis, the singer, is 64 today. Yep. Uh, Richard Jenkins, the actor, is 76 today. Yes, sir. Uh, one of Barrett's former teammates, James Harrison, is 45 today. Paul Gleason, who you may not know the name, but you would know the face. He did a ton of stuff in the 80s, including he was the uh, the, the, the the disciplinarian in Breakfast Club. Remember the yeah. guy who was always giving yeah. them a hard time? Yeah, yeah he was that guy. Uh, he, he was, uh, he was uh, also well-known. His, his most prominent role for years, he played uh, in All My Children, the, yes. the, one of the most popular daytime soaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he was in a lot. He's good, good character actor. <laughs> <laughs> Lit City. What the hell was that, Rob? <laughs> I love the delayed reaction from people who are watching it a little after us. It's great. Oh, it's man. great. It's great. Oh. Uh, all right. Um, oh, Carissa Thompson, who was uh, who does a podcast with uh, Aaron Andrews. She's forty one today. Yeah. Um. Anna Gasteyer, who was in Saturday Night Live, is 56 today. Yep. George Hill, former Sixer, is 37 today. Yep. Uh, Nick Nicholas Ashford from Ashford and uh, Simpson yep. is uh, was born on this day in 1941. George Will, the documentarian, uh, yep. is 82 today. Catherine Jackson, who's the mother of the Jacksons, M- Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, etc., still alive at 93. Uh, today, who did I miss? Did you know her son Jackie and her share the same birthday? I did not know that. Yeah, Jackie's I can't, Jackie's 72. Whoa, and she's 93, and they both uh celebrate birthdays today. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was a member of the big five or the uh, the, uh, the original five, Jackie right? five. Yep, yeah. Um, that's all I got. What else do you have birthdays? Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, was a former first round pick of the Bucks. Yep, 23. Pia Zadoro. Yep. Uh, 70 today. Yeah. Uh, Grace Phillips from Fright Night is 31. Michael Dirnt, who is the co-founder of the group Green Day, 51. Uh, okay. Uh, actor Michael Barrymore, 71. Chris Tomlin, 
uh, huge uh, Christian music artist who's won a Grammy, 51. Ashley Rickards uh, from Haunted House 2 is 31. James Van Riemsdyke ah. is 34. Okay. Lance Bass from NSYNC is 44 today. Rob's all-time favorite modern-day quarterback in the National Football League, Nathan Peterman, is 29. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kamara Lee Simmons, the former wife of Russell Simmons, is 48th. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith from the Brooklyn Nets is 30. Okay. Okay. All right. Good birthdays there. Let me give you a couple yeah, movies. Uh, 16 Candles came out this day in 1984. Yes, sir. Um, Anthony Michael Hall and crew. Uh, the Avengers. Came out in 2012. Yes, great, great one. Spider-Man uh, 3, which was, well, I thought, very good. Yes, uh, I agree. 2007. They, that's when they were really on a roll with the Spider-Man, yes. I thought. Um, uh, the Mummy Returns, which is one of the earlier acting roles for The Rock, uh, is 2001. I love all those Mummy, mummy Returns know. movies. I love I all They were good. You know I what they remind Three of them, I think? There's three of them. They remind me of the Indiana Jones-type movies. Yeah. I, lo I love those kind of yeah, movies. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought they were a little bit underrated, actually. Uh, actually, they, they probably did pretty well at the box office since they made three of them. But, Absolutely. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, you got any other movies? Uh, that's it. You covered them all, my friend. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't super strong movie day, that's for sure. Oh, I, wa I wanted to bring this up. Did you notice in the game last night, because I didn't notice this in game one, in, in, in Sixers game I'm talking about, the drone camera? Yes. What, did you notice did, that in game one? I did. I did not. I did not notice it in game one. Um, um, obviously, you know, the NBA, like the NFL, trying to be innovative, creative, trying to give it a, a different perspective, but I, I just didn't like it, you know, maybe because we're such traditionalists, we're used to watching games a certain way, the floor cam, the, the, you know, the upper cam, you know, the end zone cam, stuff like that. I, I didn't like, I got, I got to get used to it. I, I just, I thought it was a little shaky. I don't know. What'd you think? I, yeah, I thought it was shaky. I, there, there was a play in particular second quarter uh pj tucker should have taken a corner three he didn't anyway he ball fakes he puts it on the yeah, floor and he yeah. drives it to the basket and, and uh robert williams blocked it but the, yeah. the, the way the camera was so sort of like you said choppy ish it was hard to tell what the images were like jumpy and you couldn't tell what was happening yeah man. Um, and then and it wasn't a big deal but i i did keep noticing it you know going back and forth almost uh you know end to end and you bring up a, you brought up an excellent point when we were yeah. talking about this pre-show. Yeah. Like, what happens if that bad boy snaps and you know breaks Ooh. off the wire and goes down on somebody? Well, a, dr a drone is not even attached to a wire, right? It just hovers, right? So, what if somebody working the controls miscalculates, comes down, hits a player on the head, or a fan on the head, a kid in the face, something like that? Yeah. Can you imagine a lawsuit? Yeah. For the point. for the network, there's not only just the network, but the arena as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, I understand. See, at least with the cameras in the NFL, they're attached to a wire. Yeah, you know, I don't know if drone. I don't know of any drones that are attached to wires. Yeah, and I, I look, I applaud the leagues, the networks for trying to do stuff different and give us a different angle. I do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not knocking the attempt. It just didn't look like all the bugs were were worked out. That all the kinks were right, out. right. Right, you know, you know and, and I don't know how much the signal is affected when you're talking about being in an arena with all those uh, various signals bouncing off the wall, the Wi-Fi's, everybody's got phones, everybody's got computers, laptop. I don't know if that affects a drone's flight pattern or not, you know. Right. But when you're talking about remote control, 
obviously there's an airwave signal that goes directly from the remote to the drone. And you're talking about, it's one thing to be in an open stadium, but when you got all that stuff in there, all the wires, electricity, the lights, uh, the scoreboards, you know, everybody's got a, a got a, a phone apparatus, a laptop, iPad, something. I wonder what to degree it could affect the signal being transmitted from the remote to the actual drone itself. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not. I'm not really sure. All right. So here's where's what we have: off day for the Phillies, off day for the Sixers. Sixers and back at it for both. Yeah, Sixers <laughs> back at it tomorrow. Game two. That game will. Uh, game three. That game will switch here to Philadelphia. And then the Phillies come home after a uh, little short little West Coast swing uh, to take on the Boston Red Sox. So the Phillies and uh, actually they're, they're on tomorrow night. I'm just looking at the times of these games. So, all right, the the Sixers would play, will play. A, do, 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 do. They are 7.30 tomorrow. Good. Okay? Get it over with early. Good. Well, yeah, that's 7.30. And then I'm looking, I'm just trying to think of like it for, from a traffic standpoint, what it's going to be like in South Philly. Ooh. The uh, Sixers play at 7.30. Wow. Phillies play at 7. That's going to be a little bit of a jam up for sure. Hey, guess what? That's not our problem anymore. That You are correct. <laughs> yes. Eric and I, both uh, our, our offices and our studios used to be at the Wells Fargo Center. So it was a challenge getting out of there, man, especially oh, man. if there was a double dip. But there was two games. Woof. Forget it. The hardest part was merging out of the lot yes. onto Broad Street. It was yes. the hardest part. And then for you and I, Make the turn, the U-turn. The left to, turn, yes. To get back on to 95 headed <clears> south <throat> was the challenge. That was not easy. Dude, sometimes yeah. it would take over a half hour just to get from the lot, just to go across the street to make the U-turn. Easily. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was, it was, it easily took that long. It was, it was sometimes longer. You just, and it's like torturous because nobody wants to let you in. Absolutely. Everybody's anxious to yeah. get into the game. People it's honking not, at you, yelling oh, at you. Oh, it was not fun. Yeah. It was not fun. Um, all right, that'll do it. Uh, want to thank Tone, Tone to Shields. Great job, Tone, producing the program as always. The chat section, you guys were on fire today uh, with the gritty comments. Hey, uh, I just want to thank you for giving us a laugh today. You know what? Laughing is good for the soul. Good medicine. And I just want to thank you <clears throat> because I'm I'm basically hoarse right now. Yes. From laughing. You know, I'm, it's going to take me a little while to get my voice back, although my family probably wishes I would hoarse a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> But I, I just want to thank you for, thank for, you. for being a good sport, thank a you. man of your word, Yes, knowing you're going to get ripped to shreds I did. and teased and chastised, and you, you, you withstood it. You stood the test of the time, man. Happy to take one for the team. That's the way Mad respect for you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Back at you. All right. Uh, Jazzercise. <laughs> here we go. So for everybody streaming, everybody listening, everybody in the chat, you guys are the best. Uh, uh, don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show coming your way with Dan Cilio. Derek and I back tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. See you tomorrow. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 